Welcome to episode 419 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Team. Welcome along to episode 419 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. It's pretty dark right now, isn't it? Yep, no swim for me yet today. I have to catch it up later. Early start. I don't smell the chlorine or the breakfast. It's just go. slightly different because he comes in, he goes in the kitchen, makes himself at home, and he makes his breakfast. Nice. You do have a pretty big breakfast, don't you? I do. I have a, an apple, half a banana, some other fruit. Do you eat yogurt. before you train? Um, not before I swim. Oh, Dan. Listen, Dan. The pork is not coming off. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. You know what? I, I, got a, I train a guy. Um, I don't really do much personal training because I don't really enjoy it that much. But to do the odd person is actually not, not a bad thing. And uh, the guy I'm training, and uh, he wanted to lose some weight. And I said, look, check out this nutrition thing because I couldn't be bothered writing up a nutrition program for him. And, uh, have, have he's listening? No, well, no, no, I told him that because I'm more, it's more of a kind of a mate thing. And... Um, but he's lost heaps. He's lost, and he hasn't changed any of his nutrition as such. Mm. It's just more the timing of the meals. Yeah. So yeah, there you go, guys. Get onto it. Um, I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Uh, get, get your coffee team. Get into you now. Athlinks.com. Tell the world about how great you are now. Extreme endurance. Become an athlete now. And train a road. Train harder now. Okay. This week's show, we've got. Some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got, have we got a high five? No, see, this is the stuff I was deleting earlier and it didn't save. Uh, okay, so we haven't got a high five. Have we got a week of the week? No. Uh, we've got a coach's corner? No. Uh, have we got an interview? Yes. Yes. And the funny thing is, in the interview he's got, if we're having one, the one thing we yeah, do have, we do. you're doubtful of. Yeah. Who are we interviewing? We're interviewing Scott Molina and we are going to talk about the Comrades Marathon that he recently did. And it should be a good chat, I think, because he loved it. Well, I think he did. Well, have you read his... Read his blog, yep. Yeah, read yep. his blog as well, yep. so he, I don't think he loved the, the last part, but... No, I don't think love would be the word. Mm. But he got there. Questions and answers at the end. Okay, first of all, we have news, and uh, we've got a few races coming up this weekend, and I have to say, Challenge Atlantic City have done a great job of selling their race. What do you mean? Well, no, just as in, like, selling, you know, making it sound exciting. Oh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. They've got uh, six. Oh, no, I wasn't being cynical. I was okay. saying they've done a great job of selling okay. their race. Good, good. Uh, so they've got $65,000 up for prize grabs. So similar to, to Iron Man. So, you know, Iron Man's are usually between 50 and 75. So pretty similar. Uh, it's pretty flat. They're, now, wait a second. This is their first. First iron distance race in America. They've obviously had uh, Challenge Penticton now uh, last year, but this is their first sort of venture into. The US of A. And they've got about 1,300 entries. That's what it looked like from me, from what I could see, and I'm not sure if that included, well, included teams, so I'm not sure if it included all team members, but I think that's a pretty reasonable result first up. You know? Oh, far out, yeah. Um, you know, we read that article from the Washington Post or New York Times, whatever it was, a few weeks ago saying uh, every other race, you know, there's, there's probably... Th- Four or five other races uh, in America can uh, pull that number outside of WTC brand. Yeah, if we look at like hits races, they 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 have you know less than they have between fifty and a hundred or so. Yeah, um, iron distance athletes, and then although they do have a lot of events, yeah. So yeah. I think they're doing okay. Um, but most other iron distance races in the states uh, do not draw a field of this size. So I, I, I don't know. It seems like a pretty good result to me. Uh, I did notice it's a six a.m. start. Oh, that's got to hurt. 
I suppose when you're awake, you're awake. It's not that big a deal. Well, what time do you normally... When you do an Ironman, what time do you wake up? Uh, of race day? I think 4.30, 4, 4.30. Yeah, so... So you've got to go up at 3.30. You're gonna, it's not that big a deal. It's yeah. just... It's, and do you have a good... Are you, can you sleep well the night before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, by the end I could. I mean, my first few races, I was, I was a bit oh, crying baby all night. Yeah, had my thumb in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Needed someone to cuddle. That's yeah. right. John was always good like that. Yeah. So twelve. Yeah, I saw twelve seventy-seven um, starters, which is which is pretty good. Sixty-five thousand dollars prize money. So similar to an Ironman. Six a.m. start. Um, they're really pitching the course as being a fast one. They've got a whopping seven hundred and seventy-five feet of climbing. So it's basically <laughs> a flat course. <laughs> Flat and fast, and uh, yeah, sort of starts in Atlanta City, goes goes out in the country, and just cruises along, and, uh, and then so comes back, and then I think it's the runs more or less, you know, along the seafront. So it'd be interesting to see how fast they go. In terms of the the pros, you haven't got any. I mean, Macca is a, is a big hitter, but he's not the man that he used to be. So Half the man. So you got used uh, to be. Chris McCormick. Seated real rank number one, and then you've got guys like Freddie Van, uh, Freddie Cronenberg, Peter Verbrusik, and then a bunch of other guys. Um, Scott, Scott Philippus, um, and then yeah, no, no sort of real big hitters, mostly Americans, a few Canadians. Um, so be interesting to see how Macca goes because he has been fairly well spanked in the last few iron distance races. He did win. Uh, 70.3 in Japan not that long ago, so but I, he was beating Freddie Cronenberg, so I don't think, um, yeah, I'd just be interested to see how he goes. Dylan Manise has you know, given him a fair spanking in Wanaka the year before last, so yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't a fair representation of Mecca. No, but a lot of his results recently, he's been... No, no, there's definitely a fading that's happening, but it would be interesting to see like how serious he's taking racing now, like, mm, you know, like mm. this race here, has he actually treat it like he used to treat a race because you know he's a, he's a different man now he's got he's a, a business he's a working man he's a, he's a working class man so anyway uh, the girls girls side of things um, we've got a field of about sort of 12 to 15 you've got Carrie Lester in there and that's really the only name that I recognise and she's seated number one ranked uh, you know, her, her rating on try ratings is 9.38 next person April Galatly is uh, ten eleven, so you would expect her to print the check now. Dominate the dojo. Did you like Jimmy Barnes when you were a kid? Jimmy Barnes, yeah, he was right. Yeah. He, he used to do all those free concerts and stuff. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And he used to always get really drunk. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he was he had a bit of a drug problem. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Barnes, for you who don't know, he's an Australian singer, hard rocker, hard rocker. Mm. He had that song with NXS. Gonna have a good time tonight. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a pretty good song. Mm. Um, Challenge Atlantic City. If anybody does it this weekend, uh, by all means, post on our Facebook page. No, or Atlantic let us know. City's pretty hot. Oh, Bev and I wouldn't have a clue. It's another casino town, isn't it? It is a casino town. Yeah. So it'd be a fun place to go to a race, wouldn't it? You'd love it. I'm sure I would. Well, because you go to the Kaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably wouldn't do the race. You go, oh, one more bet. Stay. One more bet. <laughs> one more bet. One more bet, honey. Okay, Ironman Quarter Lane's happening this weekend as well. We've got a few races this weekend, John. It's on. A big race. It's on like Donkey Kong. Bevan. Okay, so Quarter Lane, we've got Andy Potts. Yeah, last year we had Ben Hoffman take the race out on the, the guy's side of things. And Hit the Wordle. Hear the word will take out the girls. And this year, yep, Andy Potts, he's usually the man to beat there. He's, I don't know how many times he's won that race. Let's have a little look. He has won the race. Uh, he hasn't won the race before. 
he normally goes and does Lake Placid. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And he's won Lake Placid uh, a number of times. So changing it up a little bit this year. Uh, ben Hoffman, defending champion, seeded number two. Mike Twelsick, seeded number three. Victor Zemensev, who won the race in 2005 and 2007, is back. Andy Potts did win the race in 2010. I was wrong. I was right and wrong. <laughs> And who else we got in there? Matthew Russell, good extreme endurance man that he is. And that's about the guts of it. So I'm, I, I, I did my picks on Torsten's try rating, and I think I... Oh, they're having the picks thing again. Oh, yeah, that keeps going, Bevan. You're not doing your picks. Oh, I don't think I've ever done my picks. <sighs> Disappointing. I know. I, always I thought there was another name on the list originally, and I think I picked someone else. But I think I picked Mike Twelsick to come in second, I think. And mm, Huffman third. Yeah, girls side of things uh, should be quite a good race between Kelly Williamson, oh, who's been yeah. on hot form of late. Uh, she, Heather, she She won a race earlier. No, but on. podium Kona. No, top five. Mm. Remember, Kona is top five podium. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't top ten if you're a pro. Essentially, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I can't remember. Who was the American who did really well then? Because there was one American who did really well. Remember. So, what do we have last year? Let's see if we can do the top three from Kona last year. Okay, Rennie? Rennie. Joycey was, uh, was she She, she got second. Second or third? Second, yeah, you're right, second. And then, who was third? Yeah, good question. <laughs> okay, I'll try to find the results. <laughs> She'd start talking. Yeah, no, I can't Guys, remember. we had uh, Freddie, Luke, and um, uh, the guy, the German guy. Um, Keenley, was he third? Yeah, was he, he passed... Uh, Kenley fired home. Yeah. It's a tight battle for third and fourth. Okay, on the it should be a really good battle between Kelly Williamson and Heather Wirtle. Heather Wirtle's been in great form, and so has Kelly Williamson. Outside of that, there's quite a big gap uh, back to you have Jenny Hansen, Stephanie Jones, Jessica Smith, and uh, yeah, so we'll see how we get on there. And then we also have another Iron Distance race coming up this weekend. We have Ironman France, and probably the one, we've got two more actually, Ironman France. One thing of note there was Freddie Van Leert is not racing. He's used that race the last few years and absolutely crushed it. So he's won in 2011, 2012, and 2013. You think when you've when you won the World Championship... You don't break the formula, John. Money talks, Bevan. Money talks, John. <laughs> it does talk. <laughs> so Freddie's off to do Ironman uh, Germany, so the European Championships, and you'd be thinking they're paying. You know, that, that's a big race, big hitters there. Prize money, yeah, it's going to be more for him if he takes that one out, but surely they must be paying him a fair whack of money to get the, the Kona champion racing in Germany. So it, it is a few weeks later, and... In France, you know, he's he's won comfortably the last few years. So yep. you've got to think, you go to European champs, you get, even if you're at the front, you're going to have to, wherever oh, you a, are, you're, going to, be, you're yeah. going to be working uh, a lot harder, you would think. So you can't ease up on the run there, I would not think. So and your theory is? Well, he kind of breaks the theory. He's raced in, in June. Yeah, but he's raced in France. Kind of he's raced he's France. A week of field. Where he's going big hitting. Got to wonder if it's a good move. Okay, Jombo. So last year, what's happened to Ivan Rana since Kona? He's going right. He's got, he's got to validate. He's been doing ITU stuff. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he got sixth. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, so Sebastian Kinley was third in the men's. James, who did he just beat? James Kanana. Uh, maybe that wasn't that close. Maybe I was thinking the year before. I yeah, think been by he, a couple minutes. He had, him and Freddie Van Leer had a bit of a battle the year before. I think that's what it okay. was. And then it was Tim O'Donnell to take out the men. O'Donnell. Oh, that's what I said, didn't I? No, he said O'Donnell. No, you always say no, that. No, I never do, John. Yeah. I don't think I ever had in my life. Um, and then the girls, 
Oh, I, oh, I don't think you'll get it. In the top, no, no, there was only, no. Oh, Catelyn Snow was the top American. Yeah, she was always about ninth or tenth or something like no, that. She got sixth. Sixth, okay. Meredith Kessler got seventh. They actually had three Americans. Lindsay Corbin got tenth. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Oh, an age grouper must have been new. Quite possible. Yeah, an age grouper. Catherine Foe, she was top age grouper. Yeah, well, she's 11th gender rank. Although they start at different times. Yeah, but the, the finish time still shouldn't matter. Who was third? From the Great Britain. Wasn't Leander Cave? No, it wasn't Leander Cave. Yvonne Van Vluken was fourth. Carolyn Stephen fifth. Oh, Liz Blatchford. Yes. Yeah, well yeah. done. Well Even done. that's confusing because she's actually an Aussie. Oh, it's so confusing for us. <laughs> okay, then we've also got... Uh, so we've got this, so this have you done the girls uh, in France? No, I haven't done the guys either. So oh. Bart Arnott's is seeded number one according to try ratings and Victor Del Corral, Tyler Butterfield. So that should... Tyler Butterfield has been on fire. So that'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, you know, he was right up there in Kona. What, yeah. Fifth or something, oh, I think it was. Okay. Fifth or sixth. Uh, and but Victor Del Corral, he was on that amazing form at the end of last year, and in, in Florida and uh, was it Arizona or, or something like that. He was just crushing it. Had a who, who are you asking about? Tyler Butterfield. Yep, seventh, seventh. Yep. yep. And Bart Arnott's is our you know, resident machine runner, so should be a good race there. And you've got a, a reasonably deep field. You've got about thirty-five guys yeah, or so it's racing, good, isn't it? They're in the uh, cave. So this will be interesting. Cave. So she's got. Is she going to validate or is she going to go for it? And Caitlin Snow, who you're just saying, yeah. you know, she's our machine runner. She's got a run rating of three oh two. That's outstanding. That's you know, that's her average run performance. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Uh, Tina Dickers, Lisa Roberts, and uh, my dog. That's, that's that's this is this is what bugs me with with um when you you do your picks and then people pull out. Oh, have you done your picks? I've done my picks and my picks are no longer there. So <sighs> anyway. Uh, That'll be really interesting to see how Leander Cave goes against Cat on Snow. Well, I would say, based on form, you'd have to give it to Cat on Snow. I would agree with that. But, you know, previous Kona champion. Yep. Knows the stuff. Mm-hmm. Just that, maybe. Maybe Just not. Just So, and then on top of that, we also have Ironman Austria coming oh, up. Australia. I've been there. Australia. And <laughs> we got Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Did you love that movie? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> yeah. they're doing enough on that, that scene in the... in the, really good. In the, lim- in the limousine. Right. When she, the girls, the Austrian girl's real hot. Right. And then as she's leaving, he goes, G'day, mate. I was oh. <laughs> putting up a shrimp on the barbie. God, oh, great film. So I man Austria last year. Andreas Rehler took it out 759-51. And we haven't seen much of him this year. No, we haven't. I guess he'll be doing the European champs. And he's... Well, my problem with him now, because he's been my pick every year for the last yeah. three years, he's just getting a bit old in the tooth now. He is. You'd say that he's he's probably younger than Bevan Doherty, uh, but I don't think he is. I think last time we looked, well, he's about. He'll be about the same. I think he. I think he did two thousand four, two thousand eight Olympics. Don't think he did two thousand. Anyway, he took it out last year, nine seconds under the eight hour barrier, and then you had Erica Chomore take out the girls, and she was thirty seconds under the nine hour barrier. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven. And he's well, he's nearly thirty eight because he's also the eleventh. Okay. So he is getting a bit long in the tooth. Yeah, Bevan will be... Bevan's 37 as well. Yeah, so so you're kind of like, you know, he's been my pick. You know, he's been the dominant character and he just hasn't been able to manage that bloody Kona run. I don't know if I can pick him this year. He hasn't got any points, really. I mean, he's probably got some 70.3 points, but I don't think he's got any other iron distance points. So he's going to have to do extremely well in Germany to qualify. 
or he's going to have to go and do another he's definitely one. Gonna, if he doesn't win a Kona, he's definitely going to go down as one of the greatest who doesn't win it. Because mm. he's the fastest man of all time right now, isn't he? Correct. Yeah. So yeah, he's a quality athlete. He is. He was, you and know. it's his swim that cocks him up. Yeah. He just he's cocked up that swim so many times, and especially yeah, when he got was it one where he was like tenth off the bike and ran down to second, mm. you know, and mm. and he's just yeah, he's such a good athlete. And, and just, he's an exciter to you guys who so can clearly swim, but he's just got some issues over there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in Austria. You were asking about Ivan Rana, and he is racing. He's oh, seated number three. <laughs> there you go. That's topical. This is a strong field. Ferris Al Sultan, seated number one by Torsten's ratings. Michael Weiss, who's won races this year in an unpopular fashion. Uh, Ivan Rana is there. And Marco Albert, who crushed Ironman New Zealand. So that's you know that top four there is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty good. And this is a big field. You know, you've probably got you've probably got a Close on 60 Stephen guys, Bayless. 50 to 60 guys racing here. So there'll be some fast times, no doubt. You'll have uh, Ferris and Al- um, Ivan Rana and Marco Albert probably all coming out of the swim. That's going to put Michael Weiss in some difficulty because those three are axes in the swim. Yeah, and he's and he is going to be miles behind. And if they... Although he's an axe on the bike. He is. So, Because he's, he's got four minutes on, if you're just based on try rating, he's got four minutes on Ferris Sultan. And he's got 17 minutes on Ivan Rana and Marco Albert. Uh, so they're all pretty even on the run. So 256 to 258. Yeah. Ivan Rana's 253. So that could be a bloody good race and it could be a very fast race as well. Well, it's an exciting race because there's a bit of dynamic with the different abilities, isn't there? You know, mm-hmm. you do have someone like Michael Weiss who will be coming from behind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just kind of keeps it interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, so looking forward to that. And then on the girls' side of things, oh, this is maybe where I did my pick. So, seated number seven. She's oh, got to another race. She, yeah, she has. Lisa Hufhala from Austria is uh, only seated number seventh, but she's been uh, crushing some 70.3, so I'll be interested to see if she gets up there and cranks it. You've got Lindsay Corbin, who you were mentioning before, Eric Jamore and Simone Brandy, and Sophie Goss, who's been in pretty hot form this year. So yeah, Celia Crutch? She is, she's raced, she's a sort of a Kiwi, Germany is type one. Your, she's she's yeah, done Wanaka yeah. a few times. So my pick there was uh, for Lisa. Hulf- did you do all uh, the races? Did you go and pick I, all the yeah, races? I, I did. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I'm committed, Bevan. No, I don't doubt it. Mm. I'm not, obviously. Mm, exactly. John, hits CEO in Palm Springs. I've got a little kind of gimmick. Yep. Call it, that if you beat this hits CEO at the Palm, Str- Palm Springs... Iron distance race, you get a free entry for the next year's race. Great idea, Tom. Struzzi. Struzzi. Oh, it's just a it's, a, it's a way to get some marketing gimmick out there. And okay. um, I don't think he's an amazing fast athlete, but I th- he's. I think he, it's what do we see? I always think things athlete. like this make your race look bad because it makes me think, oh, that's desperate. Mm. I think it probably are for iron distance race. Yeah, yeah but, but then drop the iron distance race. Like they're saying in this article on on Trijuice, they're saying sixteen hundred people are racing. So shit, it's doing great. You know, as, as an event. The Iron Distance isn't, but no, the other No, no, but are, the event, the, you know, the, the festival. Yep. So the festival that happens on the, the 6th to 7th of December this year, 1,500 people are going to be racing. So great, awesome, great mm. event. Probably get, what, 50 to 100 people doing the Iron Distance race? And man, yeah, that's not happening. No. You know, and, and it makes your day so long waiting for 50 people. Mm-hmm. You know, half day, you know, mm. you're done in seven hours, good day, go home, pick up your gear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, full distance, you're there all day. It's, it's like the it's like the company who has specials all the time that actually makes them look they're the, when they're desperate specials and you go oh mm. they're going under and don't get me wrong obviously they're not but I don't know if this gimmick really do you look at this and go oh, I'm going to do this race now um, 
I don't know. Uh, I thought I, the only reason I would do a hits race would be purely as a training day. And, yep. and so it doesn't have that appeal. Ooh, I'll go and do that. <laughs> but I think uh, I'm pretty sure the entry fee is pretty reasonable. If there was a hits race close to Christchurch, I would go and do it as a build-up for, yep. uh, say we were in summer and uh, and I was getting ready for, for an event, I would go and do it potentially as a build-up and may even not, potentially maybe not finish the run, but go do a swim bike yep. and maybe do like part of the run. Monica. So I think that's the, um, yeah, they've got to do something to market their events a bit better to the, the iron community and that might might help people come along and, and the, the, I guess the thing with that race is it's it's positioning works quite well it's sort of in the American off season so December why why, why like if you were doing a day like this like why, why do they need the long distance I would have agreed with you I'd say drop the long distance I mean it's, it's not it's not a revenue generator it's gonna yeah I think for those festival type things they're better off just really pushing the halves you know the halves is where you can yeah get a bit more of a field on there and it's funny if my business you know like it's we always get i do a running business and we've got you know we've got shit we train quite a few people now and um and people always goes oh are you gonna do marathon programs you know you're gonna because we do group training you know we, we've got a walking group of five ten and a half and uh when, when are you gonna do marathons and I'm like why would we do marathon there's no market for marathon training you know like it'd be stupid mm-hmm. for us to do group training for marathon training like if you look in our local regions big race Four or five thousand people race. Four hundred people do the marathon, mm. and of that, you know, most of them are kind of elite guys who'd never look at our product anyway. So you've got to go. Well, where's the market? And mm. chasing fifty people doesn't, you know, like I'm not, sure, you know, this isn't directly it hits, but I think some people, some races who, uh, you know, who do do that kind of festival race. I don't know if you need to do the long course race. No, I don't, I don't think so. And especially when now there's so many other choices out there yeah. and it's getting more and more all the time. Whereas a half, you know, you, you attract all your local triathletes because you will get the long course guys because they'll treat it as a long day, a mm. good training day and they'll all go for quality. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not sure. You know what, maybe this is a quite, I'm, I'm not sure how many people went to the race because of this. Have they got PR out of it? Yep, but is it mm. kind of PR where you go, oh, things are up there. So maybe I'm just a suspicious soul. You missed out some other races coming up this weekend. We've got oh, the, the Kelp Man in Scotland, Epic Dartmouth in uh, Nova Scotia in Canada, Isle of Man TT Triathlon, the Full Distance Finn in uh, Denmark, and as we already said, Challenge Atlantic City. So big weekend of racing. Okay, Jumbo John's ITU update. What's happening? They've got a cool YouTube clip up um, on the ITU website at the moment, and they're basically launching a Hall of Fame. And so well, I know... Like- a, a, so I know we've got we sometimes mention the American Hall of Fame um, they've got the Ironman Hall of Fame but now it's an ITU Hall of Fame and it's a really cool clip so if you go onto triathlon.org so is it going to be like a is it going to be like an inductee uh, every year type of thing well it says here they've got 25 nominations and they'll have 9 inductees in the first year and do you think we'll be in sorry do you think we'll get in the first yeah, year yeah given how much ITU racing we've done <sighs> yep, I you, think we're, we're at, no but we just you know Surely they know of us. Surely one of them will be Les. Where is this video? Well, there's an article on there somewhere. Have, have a look at yeah, look look this article. Oh, it's you launch Hall of Fame, John. Did you wow. hear about that one? Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee at least one of them will be Les McDonald, and rightly rightly so. And then the athletes, John, bro, it'll be a You always talk about Les McDonald, and you talk and, and you compare him to Seth. Who's the, who's the soccer guy? Seth Blatter. You, you often used to compare him to him. Right, yeah. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, you used to do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I heard an interview about Seth Bailey the other day, and it was a good point. And I said the guy's corrupt as, but in a world full of corruption, he's actually quite good at what he does. Right. I wouldn't say Les McDonald's corrupt, but he's a pretty abrasive character, from what okay. I've heard. 
he has got triathlon at his heart from from everything I've heard, and and yep. he 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 didn't make money out of it. Like Seth Blatt has probably made millions. So is maybe it? it's not no, a fair, surely not. Maybe it's not a fair comparison. So <laughs> I guess they gave themselves a pay rise. They doubled their pay. Oh really? Without telling anyone. So I, I think um, my yeah, it was Liz McDonald's way or the highway, um, and he got, he got no, things done. Respect. Was that was that? Oh no! I th- I, did I, he do a good job? Yeah, I've got nothing but respect for the guy. But mm. it was very much if you pissed him off, I think you got alienated pretty quickly. Yeah. So, but outside of that, I don't think he made. He, he, I don't think he made lots of money or anything like that. And without him, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I think he should be number one on the spots. And then they'll go through the athletes. You know, Mark, who do you think Mark, will be the first athletes on it? Well, you've probably got to go Mark Allen, and Aaron Baker because they won the first ever World Championships. And then you just kind of it's, it's going to be pretty obvious who they pick. Um, but hopefully it'll be a bit like the Legends show. They'll they'll give a bit of fame to to some of the non-athletes. So Les McDonald, we had Lauren Barnett on the show and, and people like that have really helped shape the sport outside of the athletes. Yeah, for and sure. I'm, and I'm sure they'll have some, they had Sister Madonna Buddha in there as well. Wait a second, I'm putting a video on. Did she do it to you? Yep. Oh, I hear the music, John. Yeah, no, they've got, it's a good clip. The drama's happening. Mm. The meaning for us is that it is part of the criteria which has been asked of us by Mr. Samaroche and the Olympic Committee to enable us to proceed. It's amazing how when you see people what they look like because you've talked about them a lot and it wasn't what I saw. Aaron Baker's in there. Yeah, fast fast forward past that first part because that's him talking and then Jacques, uh, not uh, Samaroche talking. And then uh, Samaroche. Oh, but YouTube's going slow. Brad Bevan? Yeah. Oh, these guys are looking young and cool here. Oh, Kimpe, he's still gone. Jackie Gallagher emerges from the water. Chris McCormick's looking nice and skinny. Montgomery for Canada is going very well indeed. Well, Loretta Harrop, this is her 33rd World Cup. Very aggressive into the bench. Oh, he came around the corner, got smashed on the bike. We expect to please the crowd. It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah, go on, we'll put a link to it. I'll, I'll make this a video on our website this week, me because it's pretty cool. Sounds good. And the other thing that's happening in the ITU world this weekend is it is heading to the States and they're racing in Chicago. And I've got to say, it's going to be interesting to see what the elite race is because I had a quick look at their course map and I don't think they will have ever done as many U-turns in their life. It's a it's a really short circuit and they're just going down all these side streets and basically days? doing U-turns all the time. I, I, it would be eight or ten or something. Is that but, stupid? But then it's not just eight or ten U-turns. It's like each lap you've got like six u-turns it, mm. it looks like a pretty stupid course to me okay um it's gonna hurt too that many u-turns is gonna hurt why you know you surge in and out of the turns no, if you're true. if you're not at the front that is gonna hurt there'll be some carnage mm. it's kind of dangerous john only if it rains so how dangerous is it doing a u-turn well i don't know yeah young kids on bikes you know <laughs> cool kids wear lids they're pretty experienced riders some of them yeah, what did I see about a helmet the other day? I saw someone not wearing a helmet. And I thought of you. yourself, a mirror. You looked in the mirror. No, I don't remember my bike that much now. So it's not, there's no need You've got to come and do the test. Trainer Road, sponsor. Sponsor. Even you've got to come do the test. Friday. Friday? You're around Friday? Yep, should be. Okay, between, Friday I'll lock it in. Between 9 and uh, 11.45 or in the afternoon. Probably then afternoon. you can have my kids as cheering squad. Kids are outstanding cheering squads. So they're cheering you when you're on Trainer Road? 
No, no. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, talking Get about, down here, kids. I had duathlon at the weekend that I oh, organised nice and um, had my kids doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. They are just, they cheer each other on so much. Mm-hmm. They don't cheer me when I'm bloody racing. But uh, Give it a few years. Felicity was just amazing. And then Tom made me, we had two wave starts. So uh, we had the sort of the, the real young ones, the five-year-olds, and I think it was five and six go first, and that was Felicity. And uh, and all the kids are cheering when they come past. It was a couple of laps. And then Tom made me wait um, and delay the, the briefing for his little group <laughs> until he got to go over and say, well done to Felicity. So that was my proudest moment of the day. Oh, I delayed the race. That was briefing. pretty cool. Everyone yeah, else was, was annoyed with you. They cheer, cheer, cheer the house down. It's great. So... Did you race? I organised the race. Oh, no, but did you? Can I pop on the gear and beat everyone? No. <laughs> no, I did not. So, train road. Bevan's going to do his test uh, this week. Got, tell, mentally prepare me what I've got to do. So, one of the things you can do, Trainer road have got some great little test sessions on there. So, you can all, you can you do your 20-minute FTP test, which is going to be a good indicator. Now, do I ride your bike when I'm doing this or my bike? No, you bring your bike down. Okay. We'll set you up on the kicker. Get a flat tyre. Um, you don't actually need the. If you bring it down in the car, you won't actually need. Your, is it your front tire or your back tire? Front tire. Well, I can give you a front tire. Yes. Let me fix that. Um, so, because we'll put you on the kicker, so you don't need a back tire. Okay. So, oh, I'm excited about this. Normally, you would get on and do a 20 minute FTP test, which gives you a reasonably good, accurate picture of your yep. where your FTP. But your we don't have time. But you'll probably blow up if we try if you try to do twenty minutes. Yeah, so we'll I do don't ride a bike. an eight minute test and then we'll just estimate it off that. It will be close enough. Don't don't do the old give me a hard number trick. <laughs> and I'll just <laughs> add on twenty yeah. add on twenty watts. Don't do that. If I only end up doing a minute, we know what's happened, okay? Yeah. So how long did you go? Uh, I went was it four minutes or five minutes? And my number was maybe a little bit on the low side. Oh, no news to me. He just puts things on his side. Yeah. <laughs> if I end up at 20 seconds, you know I've been cheated. Yeah. So then Bevan will get on. If you go on to trainerroad.com, you join up to our, our team. We've actually got 145 members now. Good stuff. Good times, guys. Keep it rolling. Get and in there. And you'll go into the – I'm just going to do it right now. There's a workout library. And within that library, you'll be able to find our 125% of FTP test. So you do a nice little warm-up, and then you will get into it. And you basically... So wait, I'm going to do my test, and then I've got to do my thing. Unless you want to come back from another one. Mm. I'd say just back it up. We'll give you 10, 10 for 10 minutes. minutes of just, just chilling out a little bit, and we'll see how you get on. And then you basically get on. When you do the test, what, are you just going to smash yourself for eight minutes? You've got to look at the computer, and I'll be there giving you crap. So, <laughs> and you basically got to, there's two okay. ways of doing it. You either get on there with the kicker, and it will preload that amount of wattage on there. But that it, it makes it actually quite a bit harder to do it that way. Okay. Uh, your cadence tends to really slow down. So what we'll do is just have it on, on manual, and then you've basically got to try to keep the power even. And once you drop off, you just got to, if you sort of start dropping off, what did we put down? I think we had uh, maybe 10 to 15 watts. If you start to consistently fall that far behind, then it's game over. You basically go till you crack, and then you just give up. And uh, I reckon I'm probably 70% of the man you are right now. It's all relative though. It's all relative to what FTP number you have. So mm, you've probably got a bit more mongrel and you'll probably... Uh, I've got a bit of mongrel, but I don't know if I've had mongrel for a long times. Okay, so re- recently we had Bobby Brace get on there. How'd he go? Let's have a look. We'll click on go here. Bobby. So this is, this, you can go on there and, and compare things. That's a good name too, Bobby Brace. Double B. Double B. He did quite well. So How long he go? He started his test at uh, 18 minutes and 56 and he blew to pieces at 25.58. So it's seven minutes. Well, I think we have a new leader. Well, he's taking the lead. Bobby is. So it's five. Hold yeah. on, Bobby. Yeah, about about seven minutes. Yep, just about bang on seven Is his FTP too low? I think it 
<laughs> pick it up, pick it up. We also had uh, S Forest get on there. It's another good oh, name. And now we've got to pronounce this name like we did last week. That S S I S Z C Z. And I think he even sent us through an email telling uh, us how to pronounce it. Oh no, James, I think it was. You announce it, James. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. So he started there again at eight, about eighteen fifty-five, and then he went through to about twenty-four and a half. So nice, that's right up there as well. That's nice. And then the last one we'll have a look at is S. Forest, and did not last as long, but he brought it home strong. He started at eighteen fifty-six, and he went through to. About 23 minutes. Okay, okay. So about flat, sort of four to five five minutes. So your prediction is if you do have your FTP correct, you're looking around about four to five minutes? I think about that, yeah. yeah. If, if, you're, if it's a little bit light, you're going to go higher than that? Yeah. Okay. So those... <laughs> so how then, people get, then people get their, that, that number in their head, they go, I'm going to make it five minutes, and then you just see them explode at five minutes when they perhaps can yeah. get a bit longer. How are we going to do the winner? We'll just go through here and we'll be able to see pretty clearly who took it out, whoever lasted the longest. And okay. if your FTP was set, it's, I mean, it's impossible to have it as a fair contest. So don't be premature. Yeah. 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 You, just, you just keep going, Bevan. Just keep going. No matter what happens, you keep going. Keep on tracking. So there you go. Check it out on trainerroad.com and join in with our comp. We've, you've got about a week to go. We're going to cut it off at the end of June and uh, the winner will be getting a, what is it, I think a trainer road uh, We'll have to top. do another comp next month. Okay, why is that? Well, because this is fun. Okay. And so, so and maybe we'll do a lot, like a longer thing. Yeah. You know, like it's something that will really just kind of mess with people. Um, yep, you could do 20 minute FTP so we can see you can improve their 20 minute FTP by the highest percentage or something like oh, that oh we could do an I am talk tour right you know what I mean you're creating work for yourself Bevan yep I'm creating work for John that's good yep. no, we how's, that, how's that um, that stuff going about putting yourself in that difficult position uh, some testing sessions how are they going for you next week put on for next week Coach's Corner there you go Coach's Corner I've had a pretty busy couple of weeks, okay? Okay. So just, <laughs> I've just been pretty busy. Pass the tissues. Where is that tissue box when I, did, I need I did, it? I did a 15-plus 15 15 day on Friday. Oh, dear. I haven't had a day off in two weeks, John. <sighs> I don't know. My heart it. really is bleeding. I, seriously. I can, I can see the blood come through your yeah. top. Okay, this, uh, so Trainer Road, guys, get on at trainerroad.com. Make sure you get on it. It's a good way to get, get involved with the team. Okay, Jumbo. Last week's discussion was a hot topic. Opened up a can of worms we as I knew we would. A can of worms, and people were. What was the sponsor of that race? I knew Chattanooga. It was little something. Little rather. Mickey, something oh, like that. Man. I have to say, I have to say, John. Yeah. John, Scott Newsom. I mean, Scott, Scott, Scott Newsom. Scott Molina, who's on the show today, has the best Ironman winners finishes photo of all time. Little Debbie is the name. Little yep. Debbie. Little yep. Debbie. His photo is. It's just cool. Everyone else is pumping the air and all the rest of it. He's just... It looks like he's about to collapse. No, he's got a number. He's got his finger up saying, hey, I'm number yeah, one. But he's just one. like, hey, it's only a race. Yeah. Melina's like that, isn't he? He's just kind of cool and relaxed. Whereas, you know, everyone else is like, I'm the man. Melina's like, meh. You see some of those young kids come across in the ITU stuff doing their little signs or whatever or pumping, you know, pressing, yeah. pressing. Yeah, it's just, it's not like a good look. Look at Melina. And he looked cool. Mm. 
Okay, he's probably the last cool-looking athlete because he's got the, <laughs> the last cool-looking. Well, athlete. no, because he's he's got the. So what you're saying is Pete Jacobs is not cool. You're saying, saying Craig saying, Craig Alexander's not saying, cool. Mac is not cool. Then they're all not cool, John, because they're wearing the one piece. Melina, he's doing Sina Nike shorts. first of all, and he's got a loose fit singlet. He's got some cool hat. It's not like it's not like your bloody cap. It's a cool kind of different shape hat. He's got the cool shades. He did always used to change into the the singlet and shorts for the run. He, he looks cool, and that's the thing. Everyone else now they just got tidy tidy pants on. He wouldn't have got that transition prize like you did. No, that's true. And oh, somebody emailed in. The record has been broken. Somebody did it. I can't uh, maybe email that back through again, or somebody posted on Facebook. Somebody at Ken's smoked your time. They had just it's electric time. They have, I think they absolutely exploded. No, really, but, but their transition was <laughs> sensational. That is, that's good to hear. The other thing about uh, Melina is, I was doing, for some reason, I think I saw this last week and I thought, that's a cool photo of him finishing the finish line. So I went and tried to find a bigger version because Pete Hagen put it on Facebook, but it's quite small. And uh, there's a there's a photo of an, a triathlete magazine. I'm not quite sure if it's tri- one triathlete magazine from the 80s with him and his brothers. Have you seen that? No. All their tops off. Melina wearing the sunglasses. Nice. Not so cool. <laughs> Not so cool. <laughs> Righty So the topic last week was: What did you guys think of um, the sponsorship of Little Debbie of Ironman Chattanooga? And the, the theme was: You know, is junk food? Does where does that sit with you in terms of sponsoring Ironman races or triathlon? And also, if they were to come along to you, would you take the sponsorship? Greg McDermott, McDonald's sponsoring Iron Kids and Cairns was a step too far. Them selling a healthy option is like a gun shop selling plastic bullets. Come on. Surely there's a sponsor out there who may be offering slightly less cash but has some morals that not so used around kids eating awful food. From a racetrace point of view, no, there's not that many sponsors out there offering you money. No, no, yeah, I'm sure yeah you've got to work very hard to get sponsors. Okay, Tim Ford, is KFC sponsoring athletes going to uh, increase the number of people doing triathlon because of increased money and in, for the pros, etc.? Or B, make more people eat deep fried chicken? I honestly think with something as polarizing as fast food, most people have an opinion and will or will not eat of it regardless. Mecca's sponsoring the World Cup doesn't make me want to go out and eat it anymore. Just like this chocolate milk sponsorship for triathletes, I'm not going to start drinking chocolate milk because of some pro who's used being sponsored by it. Uh, Ian Hines, I can't remember who or even what year's kind of footage I was watching when I took this picture and he's got a picture, I'm pretty sure it's a pro and I'm not actually sure who it is, but it's got a picture of the McDonald's symbol on the side there. Hell yeah, I'd take it though. A Cadbury's sponsorship would be even better. So then you could eat plenty of chocolate. Tim Tansley, he's got from the pro's point of view, uh, hard to justify without being a total hypocrite. However, from a race director's perspective, hell yes, I could see the big Whopper triathlon uh, being a great success. How many age group athletes would love a burger wrapped with fries at 80 miles on the bike to get them through the run? A great savoury alternative to the sugary shit we have happily shoved down our... That's kind of true. Down ourselves with gels. So, mm. there you go. Eddie Farrell, you remember Eddie, interviewing Eddie uh, oh, yeah. from, from Kona? And he also helps out some pro athletes and coaches and stuff like that. From the side of helping the, the pros get sponsorship, take what you can get and live with it. It's hard to get a pro paid and have them make a living. So if you can wear KFC on your butt and afford to train instead of working, make Colonel Sanders proud. From an event point, uh, an event coordinator, again, take what you can get. It is advertising for the companies, so let them reach your audience. In the case of Little Debbie in Chattanooga, which is 
caused an uproar. They are a local company that does a lot of good for the community. It makes sense and they taste great. Get off your high horses, people. It is a funny one. Um, um, Joe Pex has got, I remember Martina Nevitrilova being sponsored by a tobacco company back in the day and I was a supporter of Marlboro Marrow Claren One Formula Team. But you only have to look back to the pack of the endurance race to realise that most of the uh, 20 to 20, 30 hours a week and you still can't outrun a bad diet. So, Tryman Jack, sponsorship is integral to sports. However, I think there needs to be some correlation between what they're selling and the culture of each company, i.e. Gatorade fits well and many athletes consume it. Toyota is a good example. The two cultures between Ironman and Toyota are aligned. KFC, though, I don't think so. Okay, well, Lacuna's got, I think it's better than having Power Bar or any other sports nutrition company sponsoring an event. At least people know this food is just sugar crap and not disguised as something good for you. Gary Fagan, KFC, food of champions. Have a look at what Chris McDonald and other Sato athletes eat. KFC is the pre-race food of choice. Triglycerides loading. Good old BJ Christensen has got, I would love to have McDonald's at the finish line. It is usually my first stop after the race. Fast food is food, and I love how triathletes feel they are a group too, uh, too good to indulge. Chris Homer ate Big Macs every day during the last year's, um, I'm not sure you that one, V. Beachy, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't see which one. It must be some at. cycle race. Uh, you can eat uh, as healthy as you want and still be slow, but I guess you can be brag about eating fast. You can never brag about eating fast food. Well, O'Connor, I think it's better than having Power Bar or any other sports nutrition sponsoring an event. At least people know the food is sugary crap and it's I've not just sky. Oh, have you? That's a good point, though, because the gels and Power Bars, yeah, they're, not, they're not good for you. No, 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 no. Uh, I haven't got any others. Um, well, there's heaps there. I'll go to Kevin Briggs. If I was a struggling pro, it would be hard to turn down. And that world every penny counts and it means you are set for the next couple of years you would have to take it not having to worry about where your next paycheck is coming from will help you concentrate on training which in turn will improve results and bring in more sponsorship you would have to have be so morally strong to turn down don't think i could on the positive side you'd get free flat coke i'm gonna do one more because i think this is an interesting point frank mcveigh um frank houdini mcveigh yep Yep, it's better than advertising on kids' TV. Sometimes principles need to be relaxed in order for something to flourish, in this case, a race to grow. My question, though... Okay, let's is, get into it, John. Come oh, on, John. My question is, so now Little Debbie is sponsoring the race. Okay, great. That's They're going to be paying X amount of dollars. What's it actually going to do to the event? They've already set the prize money. Everybody's already paid their entry fees. That money's basically, you would assume, just going to line WTC's pockets. Yeah, but that's every race, isn't it? Well... It's basically a sponsor makes you makes your race cheaper to run, so then it's the, just, the race director get makes more money. Yeah. Like, but, but people are saying this is going to grow the event. Don't think so. It's just going to mean it's going to line their pockets. So I, when I set my entry Sorry, fees... I'm just distracted by your website because I see you've got a big Twitter thing here. What you, you you're a big Twitter in there, are you? Only when I go on camps and race, oh, okay. races and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I, okay. I, don't, it's, I don't think that's going to help the event at all. It's going to be a name on there, but in terms of... People are going to pay the same entry fee, and there's no more prize money. So it's like, well, it hasn't actually helped the event grow at all. You get a bloody, you get a little debbies in your race pack, but really, anyway, that was just a, a side point. Bevan, if uh, McDonald's came to you and said, Bevan, we want to pay you fifteen thousand dollars to sponsor your running group, would you take it? It's not enough money. I want a lot more than that. Sorry, <laughs> I'd want a lot more than that. Um, no, I wouldn't if, if you were putting on an event, say you you were running a five k event, and they came along and said, we'll give you ten thousand dollars to sponsor your running event. 
So it's just a, a say you're putting on a five and ten k event. You're going to get uh, five hundred people doing it. Um, would you take it? Probably not. Okay, why not? Um, well, hopefully my event can run by itself anyway. So I wouldn't, mm. you know, because the thing is, it is that. It depends on your des- desperation for money, mm. you know, and, and like, um, and I always think in life, you know, like, I, fortunately in life, I've done okay with finances. And so it, when you're in desperation for money, you make much easier choices. Mm. And so fortunately, my running business is doing well financially. So we can make choices that stick with our morals. When you're someone who's desperate for money, like, no, if I'm running an event and it looks like it's not going to make any money, and if anything, I'm going in the wrong direction, if someone like McDonald's turns up and knocks on my door, I'm definitely going to be more open to it. And so, and that's where if you look at a, an up and coming pro who is, you know, like struggling to make a living and someone like McDonald's comes and knocks on their doors, well, who can we be that critical of them taking that money? No, no, I'm not. Um, but so you, so you don't agree with McDonald's? No, it's not that I don't agree. I'm just sure. Fortunately, I seem to be pretty good with money, and so I never have to make those moral calls because I'm good with money, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so um, so I don't think I ever be in a situation where I'd look to a place like that for those that mm. kind of money. But I, do, I, do I frown upon people who do? No, not so much. I don't like – you know what I mean? Like it's – because I think ultimately it's, it's an individual choice. Like the thing is – I sometimes have Burger King, mm. you know, like, and, and I some pretty really, cause I'm, I'm more fundamentally a tight ass than that, mm. but you know, like we're humans and now I'm not, you know, we are allowed to make personal choices. And that's, a, yeah, I, I get it with kids. I do yeah. get it with kids. And I, that's where my, my thoughts have changed. If you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, I, pr- I would have taken the money, but probably wouldn't have been that comfortable with it. Yeah. Now I wouldn't. Now I would never take the money and then put my name and say, Bevan James Isles thinks mm. you should eat McDonald's. Mm. I would never do that. Um, but if they want to, if, you know, if it was just a race and they wanted to sponsor that, I was like, because it was interesting, I did some modelling years ago for Untouched World and they brought out all the cycling gear and I was modelling for them. So on, on the, their catalogues, mm. it was all me on the bike and stuff. And they asked me to write, put my name to it. Mm. And I was like, no, because I haven't even used your gear. Why would I put my name to your gear? Mm. And they were like, well, you know, because I had some kind of level of mm. known in the city. And, um, and I was like, well, no, but I modelled for them. Mm. So, and, and in some ways you could say, well, you're associated because you're modelled, but I didn't go into that role thinking that I was, they were using me as a brand. Was, I'd done modelling for them for other stuff. So I think with kids it's different because I think adults have already determined what the kind of lifestyle they're going to have. So if you're someone who has McDonald's, you're going to have McDonald's occasionally and, you mm. know, and I don't know if having a race... I just don't think it fits very well. That's no, the other thing. Well, it's, like, it's not a very good money use for them. Most people who do triathlon reasonably... Reasonably intelligent people. I'm going to give them that. So you think if you eat McDonald's? No, uh, just they're, they're not. They're people aware are we around healthiness? They, they'd understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy. I would think. I'm not saying all of them would, because a lot of people have crap diets and they still do triathlon. But, but I think that okay. Just, so, so I think maybe the advantage of for McDonald's and like so, if we go back to the Hamish Carter, Sarah Elmer situation a few years ago. So about probably ten years ago now. McDonald's sponsored um, Hamish Carter and Sarah Alma mm. for for the healthy menu they were bringing out. Mm. So at that time, McDonald's were doing that shift away from just being a burger joint to kind of having a, a lifestyle menu as well. And they got two of New Zealand's biggest sports stars to front the campaign. And there was a lot of criticism around those two athletes around mm. taking on that campaign. And um, and I think 
for all the triathletes in the country, I don't think that would have those guys being fronted by McDonald's opened the door to them. No. But what it did probably do is people who weren't healthy people probably thought, well, if these guys can do it, exactly. it means it's okay. Yeah. And so the association with being able to sponsor healthy events probably allows people who aren't so healthy to justify going down that path. Mm. So I don't know if it necessarily helps us or influences us the towards the community. No. Yeah, but I do think it may allow other people who go, well, if the triathlon community likes it, mm. it probably can't be that bad. Mm. And so there is probably a flow on effect for society that's not so good. And for these little Debbie on all their packaging, they can be probably say sponsor of Iron Man. Yeah, people, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's good luck. Yeah, so I suppose when you look at it like that, it's probably not good. definitely not for kids because mm. kids are like kids are so impressionable, and we mm. know marketing works like. You know, like marketing yeah. works. You know, a lot yeah. of the ways we think are based on someone spending money to process our thinking. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, so, it's definitely funny. What about as an athlete? I don't like you. I don't begrudge any any pro athletes. They hardly make any money. Yeah. And um and again, I still don't agree with it, but I totally get why why they do it. But yeah, I, I would rather not see it there. But I understand. What about smoking? What about? No, I'd never go near smoking. Yeah, no, it's just well, it's just interesting, isn't it? Like, no matter how much money they throw at me. Yeah, like it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like it is. Yeah, good topic. Good topic. Yes. I'm not sure if we really have a, a concrete kind of foot in any kind of part of it, but it's it's just a dilemma. That there's not enough money in our sport. Yeah, but with this, I mean, that that's a money. It's a just a money grab because that event, I think Chattanooga sold out. Yeah. It's like, but then again, like it sounds like the company. What is it, Little Debbie? Does some good things. Yeah, and it sounds like they're just a, trying to support local community. And if, and if everybody treated McDonald's the way you should be treated, have it once a month or something, yeah. then be sweet. Because like, the guy who owns Cookie Time in Christchurch, mm. um, the male family? Male I don't family? know them, but yeah. yeah. So Cookie Time's a big kind of... It's like a... It's a, just a chocolate butter biscuit they're taste. they're really tasty oh, they're good yeah but yeah. they're a lot of fat and they're not the greatest thing there's basically sugar and butter yeah yeah totally and but he's done very well he, yeah he's done very very well and um and it's a very well-known brand in new zealand and uh and he's quite a he's quite a moral guy you know he's quite a guy who's you know mm. like he started this company a few years ago it's all about helping people and stuff and he helps a lot in the community and stuff like that at the end of the day he's selling sugar and butter mm. but he does help the community a lot and so mm. it's a, you know like i'm sure he's put helped out at races over the years as well and so it's kind of like it's you know it's it's a tough one in some ways yeah so yeah we're not we haven't really came up with an answer John I should I thought I, thought I should say no but that's yeah anyway yeah but let's say they came up to you for your race last weekend said 15k what would you do A they wouldn't because it's no, just but, mar- but, mar- but, but, but if, if they came to me and said for the tri-festival that's probably more realistic to come to 15 I would say no yep but bloody begrudgingly say no <laughs> what price point would you say yes I don't think I would million no <laughs> oh come I mean, on hey they're not going to and I wouldn't yeah a, bloody, a million it'd be a hard decision mate I, I, I mean that's never going to happen because no, what you do is you justify it to yourself by giving half a million to the tri club for development yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can get the rest of yourself yeah. but if they came to me realistically they could come and say 15 grand and I'd be going <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd really, and then, then with that, then I could offer yeah. fifteen grand prize money. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't pocket much of it, but I'd begrudgingly say no, and I wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's the thing, is it does put people in tough moral mm. places, you know. And, and but then again, a lot of people don't have moral. People <laughs> don't have morals. <laughs> well, not no, but around eating. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. Like not not yep. many people. Like lots of people eat McDonald's. Yeah, and lots of people on the forum. Yeah, you know, like 
yeah, I know a lot of good triathletes who have got really crappy diets, yeah, but they yeah. get away with it. And once they hit 38, <laughs> it's a little harder. <laughs> 38, a little harder to lose that uh, that puku. But then again, yeah, like, yeah, it, it's yeah. That's if you don't it. know what a puku is, it's a shit big stomach. Okay, Jumbo. You want to do this? I'm not sure if we want to go here, but we can. Well, last week I, I said, "How about because we, we give nicknames out on the show, and I haven't done mine once for this week, so sorry about that." Have you done yours? Yes, of course I have. Because it's good as long as someone's doing them. And, uh, and I thought, well, we haven't got nicknames, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who sent this one through. I might have to put it there. I'll put it there. I'll say their name later. But they were just saying to me, um, John, Pappy, Pappy Dare, Newsom, Big or, Daddy, or Big Hitter, Big Hitter, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he said, Bevan, Risky Business, James Isles. That's just too long. I did like it. Got James. Yeah. Bevan, Risky Business, Isles. Yeah, the company's a James. It's a brand. It's a brand. (laughs) So, um, but basically, you've got to come up with nicknames for Newsom and I. Okay. This could be dangerous. Don't be be mean. Yeah. Don't be mean. Don't 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 do it. Don't no. Don't do it. Just do it to Bevan. Don't do it to me. I've got thin skin. <laughs> so am I. You know, we're just trying to be nice. Okay. Um, I'll put some music on. Age group of the week. Okay, Jumbo. So we've got an email through from, let me have a look at this from. Spot Anderson. That's a good name. Hi, my name is Spot Anderson. I coach Bondi Fit. Bondi Fit must be a place in Bondi, I think. <laughs> I'm just, I'm putting. You t- just put those two together, Fit and Bondi. <laughs> you know, I just really, you know, I'm so, just. So Bondi is uh, probably the most famous beach in Australia. It's in Sydney, Sydney. isn't it? Yeah. I've never been. Is it cool? You don't know. Haven't been either. Have you been to Sydney? Only once for a wedding. Wow. Actually, no, twice. We we finished Epic Camp there once. Sydney's a cool place. It's a really good place. It. So no, I've been twice. Okay. Uh, got a lottery slot for Kona this year and competed in Ironman Cairns last Sunday. One of the girls I coach had a special story, so I thought I'd nominate her for Age Group of the Week. Like a lot of athletes, she, one, doesn't believe how good she is or can be, and two, desperately wanted to qualify for Kona like the rest of the world. She completed uh, in Ironman New Zealand and as the field was pretty loaded, she didn't get her Kona spot and was pretty despondent. To make it worse, I got a Kona slot uh, for Kona. So I was uh, desperately hard. Oh, and sorry. Despite hardly training. Oh, read fat coach. Um, So we cut a deal. If she did everything I told her to do and if she didn't qualify, I'd give her an all-expensive trip to Kona anyway. Wow, that's a pretty committed coach. Yeah. You know that? well, we yeah. I reckon that's, that's John's new deal, everyone. You set a bad precedent there. <laughs> On day one, I made her do two, 20 times 2K at 12% hill reps. That's and a pretty tough session. That is pretty full. It's day one, John. So that's like, how far is it up, Hackthon? That's, that's probably about 2K. Yep. You know, imagine riding up and down your hill to, uh, 20 times. 20 times. Right. It's a long session because you've got to run back down there. Very long session. It'll be a biking session. Oh, but okay. still, takes you takes that's a five. Let's call it a six minute climb or something like that. Well, following that day, John, she wasn't talking to me for three days. No yeah. wonder. But she trained and she trained and she trained some more. There were tears. She worked on the principle of doing what she was good at: biking, riding, and trying to tone up a little bit so she could get an extra ten percent on the run. Three months after. Uh, her sad day in New Zealand, she came back with, and had a blinder. 
She rode fourth fastest by split overall, only one minute behind Lids Bledgeford. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. She now has raced the. Uh, she now she has to race the coach and Kona. We will both be training like there is no tomorrow. To top it, we have third team member Julie. How to say that one? Hansika. Hansika that qualified at Ironman Australia in a similar time as Deb. If all goes to plan, there will be a three-way battle to go sub-10 on the big island. Her name is Deb Hangzangler. Hangzangler. <laughs> How did you get that one? Hazel Dean. Hazel Dean. Because I was looking at the other one at the same time. <laughs> Hazel Dean. Debbie Hazel Dean. She was, her number was 327. She came second in the age group of 30 to 34. And he's got his results, her results here as well. What's more interesting about this <laughs> is, is <laughs> did I get that one? De- De- Debbie is obviously living in Sydney now, but she's I'm not sure if she's from Christchurch, but she certainly used to live in Christchurch. Oh, did you know her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, do I know? Um, well, she used to go out with Scott McNabb, who used to be the um, oh, icebreaker dude. I probably do know her then. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna go on Facebook. Facebook stalking? Have you ever done that? Never. I used to do it with Joe before I was going out for stalked her all the time. Oh, that's uh, oh, she loved you- it. Is she? Yeah, you know what? I'm sure lots of people face to Facebook stalk. Okay, yeah, but they don't what. admit to stalking their current partner before. Oh, okay, here we go, here we go. I've got a founder on Facebook. You have? Are you a friend with her? Um, friend there. Add friend. There we go, I've added a friend. Yeah. I don't really add friends. I think she's here with the coach here. Pete, oh no, it's Pete Murray. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, Debbie uh, used to be based in Christchurch and she was she was pretty solid down here. I don't know, don't know that she was doing Ironman, but that's pretty bloody impressive if you go and get uh, fourth fastest split and you're only a minute behind. Um, that's the thing about Facebook, you really can stalk, can't you? Mm. I'm sure you're getting all the photos of her mum. Mm. She's got one where she's pump, bum, Bondi Fit t-shirt, the yellow t-shirt, pump in the air. Nice. I think she was doing good in that race. She's a nice smiley girl. Yeah. Good. She's doing some paddle boarding. She loves paddle boarding. I bet she does. She's raced for New Zealand. She's got the yeah. shorts. Yeah. She she works hard. I think that's Bevan McKinnon there next to her. Could be wrong. There you go. Anyway, outstanding race, Debbie. It's good to have another, we'll claim a Cantabrian and Kona. There's only going to be about four or five, four of us, I think, at this stage. She had Ironman Kins in 2013. Mm-hmm. And 2014, even. 2014. She's a bit of a party girl as well. There's the dance party photo. Nice. Facebook stalking. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> So Debbie Hazeldean, you are our Age Group of the week. week. Love your work. And that's a great last name, by the way. Sponsor! Coffees of Hawaii. Your recurring delivery, John. John, but one thing we do have to say about Coffees of Hawaii, because I think they're, they're getting pretty big. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get the deals, go to www.imtalk, because they've got a special page for us mm-hmm. only. So if you go to our website, www.imtalk.me, we've got a new link on the side of our page. If I pull up here, 25% off. So it's a 25% discount code, and it's dub, dub, dub. Oh, I'm to, uh, we'll put it on our website. And then you go there, and you can go do your order. But they also offer a, a free shipping if you spend over $90. So Nice work. And if you want to get recurring delivery, so you like, you know you know what you want, and you just want it turning up all the time, easy to do, you just choose choose your Yakuza <laughs> choose your coffee type what sort of grind you want and then you can basically just say I want that turning up every fortnight once a month whatever it might be and then it just turns up don't have to think about it don't have to fart around going on the internet and, and ordering again it just turns up 
and I'm sure you can do all sorts of little combinations where you might one month you might have a bit of macadamia nut coming through, another another month you might have a bit of molokai coming through. Well, let's be honest, coconut. We do get set in our ways, don't we? Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of probably going to find that one that you love. Mm-hmm. Stick to it every time. Yeah, consistency. And then you may just put a little bit of variety in your life. Exactly. You know? Spice it up a little bit. Spice so it up. So check it out on imtalk.me and then click on the link there. Go through to Coffees of Hawaii. Get yourself a nice big discount and support the guys that have supported the show from the very early days. Yeah, Coffees of Hawaii. They really are great guys. And, and everyone who ever emails us about them just says they're really great guys to deal with. And uh, we know Albert's a good man, so um, get good quality coffee and... Uh, Support coffees of Hawaii, John. But I, I think you might get upset with this one. What are you talking about? I'm still on the ITU website, triathlon.org, yep. and I got the photo, the the film and stuff. And then in the comments, good old Coach Super Buns has got. Let's get some of these people out of the way. Maka, Doherty, Whitfield, uh, Fernandez should be first on the ballot. This sort of the. I know you 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 got to do the early people first, don't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. Going on Lauren Barnett, she went yeah. on there as well. She's got yeah. wonderful yeah. memories, heroes. We've had her on in the Legends show. Oh, she's a lovely lady. Mm. Okay, Jumbo interview. Got Scott Molina coming up, and here he comes now. Okay, here he comes. And those cool singlets. Mm. Imagine if you get, well, you should have got him. Because uh, Molina keeps all his old gear, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He really he does. does. He really does. He's probably still got his gear from when he won it. Probably has. We should have asked him to bring it around and take a photo of him now. Maybe we will. But it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> send him a text. Send him. Send him a text. He, he, he doesn't do. Doesn't oh, do he? mobile too much. Oh, I would love it if we could get the photo. He's a reluctant mobile phone user. Oh, I would love that. Would have made my day. I know it would. Okay, here's Scott Molina. John, Bo- we've, we've, got, we've got Scott Molina here, and, and while before you came into the room, we were talking about your finisher shot in Kona, your, your winner shot, and uh, and I claim it's the best finisher shot of all time. Like, oh no way! <laughs> no, you seen Greg Walters? Greg Walsh. Oh, oh yeah. mate, <laughs> really? I, I couldn't it's have got, camp. I couldn't have gotten the air. <laughs> no, no, but I, but yours is cool and calm and relaxed, and it's kind of like you because that's your kind of character. And uh, and I was wondering, do you still have the outfit? Um, no. Oh, because you do keep a lot of stuff, don't you? I do. I do keep a lot of stuff, but um, I don't even. That's that. That outfit was pretty messy. I think I threw it away. Probably. I, I don't even think it made it out. I probably threw it away right before I even got out of the recovery area. I was, was going to ask you to bring it around and take oh, a photo no, of it. No, no I don't. Think, I don't think I kept it. What were you racing in Ironman New Zealand this year? There was some singlet you had on there. Um, some yellow singlet. You have the yeah, yeah, I did. I, I got that singlet at a race in Santos, Brazil. Uh, one year and it's the thinnest coolest it's almost like it's closest you can be to wearing nothing and i i had a feeling that um you know keeping cool would be a big part of it for me so that's why i chose that single and the running shorts too when at at, at the time when you did the world champs when did it go to all tight gear because at that time obviously guys were wearing more casual kind of like gym kind kind of gear weren't they well i wore a skin suit on the bike yeah um and most people were we're aware of aerodynamics on the bike, but I still think for the run in hot, hot weather, you know, the, the, the uh, it's either cover up with a white stuff like John's mm. thinking about doing, or wear as minimal clothing as you can so yeah. your sweat can evaporate because yeah. that's how you cool. Mm. 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 Nice. But you are, that is the coolest shot. Oh, thank you. Nice. Yeah. Right, we're here today to talk about Comrades. Um, so for those of you who don't know Comrades Marathon, you will do in a few moments. Um, and it's, yeah, maybe, Scott, if you can just explain the, the distance and and uh, and what the race is all about because some people won't have a clue what we're talking about. Right, it's the, the oldest, most prestigious ultramarathon in the world. 
You know, it's the Boston Marathon of ultras. That's 80-something years old. Yeah. It goes between Peter Maritzburg and Durban. And one year it will go in one direction, and then the next year it will go in the opposite direction. So they call it an uphill year or a downhill year because Peter Maritzburg is about 2,000 feet above sea level, and Durban's right on the ocean. And um, it's also by far the biggest mass ultra in the world. So like this year they had something like 21,000 entrants and 16-something really? thousand showed up. Wow. So a lot of people don't actually make it to the starting line, and uh, you know, which was big, my biggest concern this year was actually yeah. getting to the starting line healthy. Um, is it what, What's the actual distance? 89K. Okay. And is it quite scenic or is it just the fact that it's comrades? Is it, is it quite a cool run? Um, I wouldn't say it's that scenic. You know, it's just, just through rolling through rolling countryside. <coughs> um, what makes it is the people. Mm. The people in the race and the people alongside watching. It's a, you know it's a, they have a tremendous crowds for you know for it's point to point, mm. you know so you have over fifty miles of mm. people. And, and really, like you hear the stories. Is it really people the whole race? Just you, you might go ten meters, twenty meters, without somebody on the side of the road. Really, really, there's that many people out wow. there watching. It is unbelievable because it's not populated out there. It's just country, you know. Country. Yeah. It's like where do these people come from? <laughs> And they come from a long way. Well, they just have a big barbecue kind of day, do they? Well, in the last uh, 10, 15K, and as you're getting close to the city of Durban, then it's really packed. And people are, are camped out there for hours with their barbecues. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was really something. <laughs> I can imagine. And is it all on road? Yes. All on road. So pretty hard on the body. Yeah, it is. And um, a lot of it's good road. A lot of it's kind of, you know, just country roads. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's highway. Mm. Main roads. What do the fastest guys do it in? Five thirty, something like that. On a, on a, and a, the uh, Ellie Greenwood was six eighteen this year. And I think she did six oh eight last time when she got second. Which I think this year she was like six thirteen or six eighteen. Yeah. Um, and and for those top guys, is there any prize money or? Is yeah, it there prestige? is. There is. Um, but you got to put it in perspective to what they earn in South Africa. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's something like. Uh oh, the average salary, I think it's like five or ten times mm. the average guy's salary to win the race. Right. So for them, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of money, mm. uh, a lot of sponsorship money. Mm -hmm. You know, top three um, do really well off comrades. The winner does great. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still super top heavy. But it's, is it usually South Africans that, that win it? It's yeah. Not, you don't get yeah. Any internationals? Or no. do you get internationals and then just not good enough? Um, not many internationals actually win the race. Like Alberto Salazar won it once. Mm -hmm. um, Ellie Greenwood from the UK won it this time. The women's winners have been from Russia for the past decade, a set of mm -hmm. twins. And um, But for the men, for the most part, if you look over the history of the race, it's, it's mostly South Africans who've won the men's race. Mm -hmm. So for you, what was the, um, you know, you've done races pretty much all over the world. What was the motivation to go and do this one? Well, I, I always knew about it. I was a running geek as a kid, and I, I ran a lot and did some ultras, uh, one in particular, um, when I was 20. And um, so I followed ultra marathoning. It always intrigued me, you know. Um, I, I couldn't believe, I, I couldn't figure out how many people did this thing and I thought how can they do that you know because I was running 120 miles a week and I was thinking you know to do a 50 mile race <clears throat> is crazy you know to do a hilly one so how do all these people you know, who are they and so so I was always intrigued by it I always followed the race um, you know it's not it's not a 
a common thing to follow. You know, you have to read Ultra Running Magazine or, you know, before the internet, you know, it was really hard to follow. So, so it was just, it always intrigued me and I always had in the back of my mind that one day I would go do it. Mm. And I, I was just looking at a race yesterday that down Wanaka Way and I thought, oh, that looks kind of cool. And then I saw 1600 bucks to enter. Is it an expensive race to enter or not for foreigners? No, for, for, even for foreigners, I forget what the entry was, but it's like, I don't know. It wasn't significant, especially mm. now when you compare it with triathlon. It was a drop mm. in the bucket. But for locals, it's bloody cheap. Mm. You know, it'd be like 30 bucks, right? something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And to enter it, you have to qualify. That's the only thing. And they have mm. a whole bunch of um, races throughout South Africa for the, um, for the South Africans to qualify for it. You have to hit a certain time. It's not hard, but like I think you have to run a marathon in less than five hours, for example. Okay. Right. Okay, yeah. so that's realistic. And for you, you just had to complete a marathon somewhere, is that correct? I, st- I still had um, uh, some time time goals to get in. I think my, for foreigners, it was also like under four and a half hours or something like that. But they also seed you. So like if you wanted uh, to have a marathon as a qualifier and you wanted to get in the A start, mm. for example, the, uh, a, the first pin, I think you had to be under three hours. Right. Okay. Okay. And so, um, but you can also do an Ironman to qualify. So that's why I had to complete Ironman New Zealand. Yeah. And there was pressure on after when, when he, <laughs> Scott was supposed to do a marathon and in, uh, in the west coast of New Zealand, but went to the wrong start point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to finish Ironman New Zealand. That's right. Or else I had to run another marathon after that. Yeah. And, and if you done Ironman New Zealand, was there a time? Or, or Ironman got you there? I think it was twelve and a half hours, or thir- oh. or thirteen hours. Okay, so it's still not. Yeah. You know, stupidly slow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess for you, in terms of the, the training, um, how are you going to try to prepare yourself for this race? And, and maybe how would that differ if your body wasn't in the state that it is these days? Well, yeah, that's a big difference. You know, if you can, if you can plan on being healthy versus, you know, knowing that you're likely to blow up. Mm-hmm. And I've done so many run build-ups in the past 10 years where I did blow up, getting ready for some odd race, and I, I never got to the starting line. Mm-hmm. Um, that I knew I really had to be cautious in my buildup. But but that's one of the reasons why I didn't mind getting ready for Ironman New Zealand because I knew all the training for that with all the cycling would, would get me fit enough to at least have a good chance of finishing Comrades. And so I wanted to do some long runs, maybe up to five hours. Mm. and But I wanted to keep doing quite a bit of cycling and quite a bit of stuff in the gym to get my quads ready for all that downhill. Mm. And and I, I hit most of my targets as far as long runs, not all of them, but I did almost none of the hard running mm. I, I, and I, I'd planned on doing just because I, I kept thinking, no, Melina, you're going to blow up if you go do a hard session. Just don't do it. Just just run. Just mm. go for a run instead, you know. Just just do the distance. And so so in the last 6 weeks I just kept dropping my expectations every, <laughs> every, every week, you know. At first for the when I signed up, I thought I'll go for the silver medal, which is seven and a half hours. Mm. And uh, cuz that's what Albert was going to do. Well, when he talked me into doing this, oh yeah, we'll get a silver medal, no worries. And but Albert's a pretty good marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. he's so, good. So anyway, um so I I I start off back in October, November thinking, yeah, yeah, seven and a half hours and then by the time I got on the plane, I was like if you can just get through this, finish it in 12 hours, whatever, just get there, just finishing, you know. So, because even some of the longer runs that I'd done, uh, four four hours, I came home and I was just near crippled, really? you know. I thought, how am I going to run for seven or eight hours, you know. I just, even then, I, by the time I got on the plane, I thought, you'd be lucky to run this whole thing. 
Yeah. When, when um, designing your program, you said you had planned to have some intense work in it. In retrospect, is it really needed for a race like that? Well, how else do you get your muscles ready to run eight hours in the hills? You know, mm. you have to work your muscles. It's all about your, your muscles not crapping out, mm. just lasting the distance. And so you can either run more or you can run harder yeah. or you can lift weights or you can ride your bike. Or I mean, the whole, the whole, my whole idea was like, you know, train your muscles to to last that long and so and pushing them harder with some intense stuff is is a good way to you know to get them ready yeah so it's not necessarily about trying to get you running faster it's more about getting your muscles muscle damage yes keeping keeping your muscles getting them fit enough so you don't cramp up Mm. Mm. when you talk about you know your body's a bit tired when it comes to running you know this stage in your life what what are the problems you do tend to have with your running now? Well, I've had two small knee surgeries, minuscule ones, really, in the grand scheme of things, compared to a lot of people. But, but I have had, you know, bits cut out of my knees. Yeah. So I have less padding in there than, yeah. and the structure, you know, is is not what it used to be. Yeah. You know, the surfaces are wearing out, and so. I just have to be cautious not to screw them up so bad that I can't even ride my bike. Yeah. You know, I I have a feeling that at some point. You know, I might not be able to run, so I'm trying. I'm trying to stretch that out too. You know, to, uh, I would love to run another 20 years, but um, so I have to. I have to just be careful not to run too much, too too long, too hard, or and make sure I take good breaks in in my year from running, yeah. so that hopefully that my knees will last a little bit longer. Yeah, your knees. So you you arrived in South Africa. Um, expectations in terms of time performance maybe not uh, exceedingly high but what's it like for, for, for somebody who's travelled a lot and a westerner arriving in South Africa and maybe paint a bit of a picture about the build up into the race and um, and what it's like over there because it is a bit different It is um, um, Durban's a big city, 2 million people and it the organ the organization of the race is incredible. Really? It's it's like a big city marathon. If you've ever been to a New York marathon or Boston marathon, I'm sure it's it's similar. I've been to both of those. And so the expo is unbelievable. The foreign uh, athletes get treated really well, even if you're not an elite. They have a separate line to go into to pick up your packet and stuff. So it's all pretty simple. You know that um, the. The information on the web, on their website, is incredibly good. And so, no, I'd say the process was incredibly easy. You know, um, it wasn't hard. We found a nice place to stay quite easily, uh, got around in cabs, uh, you know. um, There's a perception in South Africa that it's a very dangerous place. Did you feel that? Well, some parts are, for sure. You know, um, Durban is not that not one of the real dangerous okay. spots if you're a, a Western whitey tourist, you yeah. know. But, you know, some things, you know, uh, they, you are advised not to do. Like if you're a, a white tourist, go around with a bunch of jewelry hanging around, you yeah. know, your neck and on your ears and on your hands and stuff. So, you know, so sensible things. Yeah. And uh, where you go at night by yourself. Um, and so, no, we just, we, we, didn't, we didn't sense it as as dangerous at all peter meritsburg where the race starts is um is not is is also not a place where you really need to worry about anything so yeah. so no we didn't we didn't feel like it was dangerous at all for us was it your first time to south africa first time in africa at all wow. ever yeah so that was quite that was the whole the whole experience was just something i've been looking forward to for a year, for a long long time yeah cool so race morning um <laughs> is it, it sounds like it's pretty similar to a, a, a um you know, a big marathon or is it you just rock up and you get put into corrals and pens and stuff and 
what were you what were you thinking at that stage and what was your what was your race plan um yeah it is a bit like that they have huge fences uh to go into each corral and a a little gate where you show your race number that allows you go into that corral Mm. so you know sixteen thousand people lining up it's a that must be 800 meters long you know over four lanes wide yeah. you know so it's a massive start um and it's pitch black of course but i think for about the first hour is is in the dark and then they sing the national anthem which is just something else because everybody's singing at 16 really? 16 000 plus the, there's a lot of people watching yeah. so you just might i don't know thirty thousand people there singing the national anthem and wow all. so that was something and um and my expectation was just um, not to get trampled at first because mm. I was up near the front and um, and then uh, run 5 to 5.30 a K for the first 25K which is mostly uphill mm. and surprisingly uphill so what you're doing the uphill? Uh, no I'm doing the down run <laughs> okay nice right? the down run has about uh, the down run has over 4,000 feet of gain oh wow right and, uh, and over 6,000 feet of loss and so it's mostly uphill for the first 25K and I, I swear to God Two to three thousand people passed me in the first twenty twenty-five wow. k, and and I thought you're doing all right. Just you know, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll, they'll probably all come back. And a couple of people because you have the, the number of years that you've run, comrades, on your number. Yeah. And so people would come up behind me and see a big fat zero on my number and know I never run the thing before. And they say, "You're doing good. You're doing good. You're pacing it well. You're being smart. You're running smart. Keep at it. Don't don't get caught up in this craziness." And I think I had about four or five people come up to me and say and say that to me. Wow. All right. And um, so. So I thought I was doing all right, and um, but it was warming up quite quick. And one of the funniest things of the whole race is that these little Zulu guys who probably weigh about 50 kgs, and they're 40 to 50 years old, and they are about 1% body fat. Yeah. And they have a, a garbage bag that they're wearing over their uh, singlet to it, keep them warm. Oh, really? Because they're right. body fat? Right. Wow. And, so, and the race starts at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And... Uh, and so they take, they put the plastic bag on so that way they can just chuck it along the race course, right, yeah. when they, whenever they warm up. And 40, 50K into the race, there's these guys that still have their bags on. <laughs> you know, and it's like 28 degrees C out. And, and, you know, and I'm thinking, when are these guys going to think it's hot? <laughs> you know? These guys from the middle of Africa running, they're probably running 35, 40 degrees all the time, all the time you know? So they're still cold and they have their bags on. Um, and you're sweating up a storm. Oh, man. And so, so I thought I was eating. So my, anyway, back to, back to the race plan, John. I thought I'll just run comfortably. Five minutes of K for me is, is, is pretty comfortable. You know, I, can, yeah. I can run for four or five hours on that. And I did. I uh, did a 50K, uh, for example, in, in April at that pace and um so i was just uh drinking uh had a few gels along the way i thought i was fueling myself okay and um hit this long downhill at a, prior to the 70k point we probably had about a oh an 8k downhill that's kind of like from the the kiwi to the taki sort of downhill yeah so three percent yeah yeah nice downhill yeah but 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 at the bottom of that they um, oh yeah 70k okay and so my legs were hammered and i started to cramp and so from then on i just walked and uh ate um took snacks from people alongside the road barbecues you know they had these wonderful little uh boiled potatoes that are have uh, a bunch of salt 
uh, they're rolled in salt yeah. and they just hit the spot. <laughs> and, uh, so, I'm, so I'm eating those and I'm drinking like crazy and I think I'll just walk, jog, you know, and if I don't cramp, I'll start running again. And so I just tried to do that the rest of the way. And every time I tried to run, you know, I'd, I'd start to cramp up and I thought, oh God, you know, you're going to, you're just going to be stuck on the side of the road, big cramps if, you do, if you're not careful. So I kept eating, drinking, walking, eating, you know, I just, and finally with about 10K to go, I'm like, I think I might have to walk the rest of the way. <laughs> and um, and uh, uh, one of the neat things of the race too is they have these things called the buses, which are pace guys. And they have a big flag strapped to their back. It goes up their back and above their head and it has the time yeah. that they're going to run it in, right? And so there is a, you get a silver medal at seven, seven and a half hours if you finish under seven and a half. There's another medal you get if you finish under nine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if you finish the race, I think it's under 12, you just get another medal. And so at about nine, 10K to go, nine, 10K to go, the, the nine hour bus mm -hmm. comes past me. And there must have been 80, 90 people in this group. And they're really close together. They're singing and dancing, you know, chatting away, having a great old time. Mm -hmm. And they jog past me and I go, okay. They're under nine hours, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll go with them. And I couldn't. I, I started cramping again. And so, you know, it just goes to show you that when you... I finished in 9.35. Mm. They finished under nine hours. Yeah, so they, walk. They, yeah. took, they took 40 minutes out yeah, of me just they, in, 10, in yeah. 10K. Yeah. And they were barely jogging, <laughs> you know? And they were having a great old time. And I felt like such an ass. I mean, like, it's like... You know, Melina, you should have just paced it better. So you, know? you think there was a problem? You went a little uh, too uh, You know, I, th I thought I could run the whole thing, yeah. which I wasn't ready to do, obviously. Okay. And so, you know, so I learned a lot. But walking, yeah, it just takes so long to it get, really does, to, to get yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It was interesting. I read your the piece that you put on your blog or on, on somewhere. It, there, was a, there was a nice kind of perspective that came from, it seemed from your piece about just the acceptance of this and my longevity in running. It, was, it kind of came through. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I was... I was glad, like ten years ago, or you know, probably after my first knee surgery. You know, I was, I was, I was wondering how long I got, I had left to run. You know, and even in the build up to this, every time I go for a four, three or four hour run, I'm thinking, oh, is this really a good idea? You mm -hmm. know, um, but now I think, you know, if I just moderate my goals and and take breaks, you know, I I probably could enjoy all different things that you can do when you run. Yeah. You know that you you can't do if you can't run, right? Mm. And so, um, but also just looking at a lot of the normal people that do this thing, you know, they probably never had really ambitious run goals, right? And so they're, you know, they're middle of the packers. Yeah. But, but they're having a great time and they can do these extraordinary things. And so, you know, I think most, most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking of myself as this ambitious, you know, competitive, ath competitive yeah. athlete. And, and I just need to take at least part of the year every year and just throw that out the window and um, and and look after my body so I can last a bit longer mm -hmm. so at that stage in the race sort of between 70 and 90 I'd imagine there's a lot of people blowing up that the round about that time too yeah there is but uh, but I probably lost another thousand places like mm -hmm. all, all the people that I passed that, that passed me in the first you know two hours you know I passed them all back mm. you know as people were blowing up from about the three hour mark saw people completely shattered at the three or four hour mark yeah and i'm thinking well, man, man. <laughs> it's a long way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i think the dropout rate is is pretty high you know right. there's, there's a there's a few thousand people that drop out 
which is crazy because how do they get all those people to the finish line? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. only fit 50 people yeah. on a bus, <laughs> you know, bus and, and it was hot, but it wasn't, it wasn't crazy hot. Like they had, I think it was the year before. So, so yeah, there's a lot of people blowing up early, but, but after I blew up, um, when you're walking, you know, you're hardly passing anybody. Yeah. You know, I passed, I don't know how many people I passed in the last two hours walking, but not many. Yeah. Whereas probably thousand or so past me. So you know, like as you say, you, you know, you've been an, you've been a competitor your whole life, and and uh, and you know, be a very successful competitor. What was the feeling of you know, because you know, you know what it's like to win a race and have that kind of satisfaction and that buzz. What was it like going across the finish line in this race? Um, it was cool. The, the it was you know, it was a bucket list thing for me to do, yeah. and so you know, I've been just wanting to do it for so long, and just you know, having the satisfaction of finally getting there to do the thing you know, and, and completing it. Um, and the stadium itself where the finish line is, is just amazing. By the time I got there, you know, there's not only a few thousand competitors that have already finished, um, but there's, you know, the stands were packed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really great atmosphere at the finish. Yeah. Right. You run, run the stadium part? Nope. No, no, <laughs> I didn't want to, I, I, I still thought I would cramp up and I thought, <laughs> Don't be a showboat. You've walked, buddy, 10, 20K, yeah. you know. <laughs> why, why run the last 400? <laughs> Erin, Erin still thinks you're an idiot for doing these things? Well, no, no, she doesn't. I, she she I, went with you? Yeah, yeah, she did. Her, 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 also her first trip to Africa, South Africa. So she was lucky because um, a guy I used to coach um, was what they call my second so he was my helper. Mm-hmm. And so he drove Aaron to a few different places along the route where they could watch. So we saw, I saw them at 25K, 50K, and 70K. <laughs> and um, so she got to experience the race and the crowds and, um, yeah. and I think, and see the people, you know, yeah. the, 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 the normal people who do this, you know. It's not just, you know, the, the elite part of the race is very, very small percentage of the crowd, yeah. you know. And, and, and to see that you know normal people do extraordinary things, and I think she 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 she, she didn't quite get why, you know. Yeah. But then she sees you know these people with a fourteen on their number it means that you know they've done this thing fourteen times, wow. and and they look pretty average, mm. you know. To tell you the truth, they do, and um, and that a, an average looking you know, housewife who has five kids could do this thing 14 times, you know, that's the kind of people that are doing it. And yeah. So it was really, really cool for her to see that too. What do you think the motivation, I mean, did you talk to anybody what their motivation is? just a nat- national thing they do? It, is, an, it is a national thing. I mean, it's like probably when you talk to Christchurch people about coast to coast, yeah. everybody's, oh, one day I'm going to do the coast to coast, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people, of course, you know, they're not, they're not going to do it. No. But man, I mean, I, don't, I forgot what the, the number of first-timers who did Comrades this year, but it's high. It's like three to 5,000, mm. something like that. Um, but then the other, whatever, 13,000, you know, they've done it at least once before. And so, no, it's, it's, it's amazing to see people running past with a 16 yeah. on their back, you know. Yeah. I ran with this guy, Alan <coughs> Robb, who's, who won the race, uh, I think, four times, and he, he had a 40. Mm. 40? 40 mm-hmm. on his, wow. you know, I was like, I ran for him with him for quite a while. 
and he got lots of cheers um, along the way. And um, forty of the buggers. And I thought, how does this guy even get to the starting line? Yeah, that's the thing. Eh? Forty, top. especially running. Yeah, you yeah. know, like the thing about triathlon is you've got the variety. But he was an elite too. I mean, he won the thing. Yeah, yeah. He won, so he won the thing. He's so like he's damaged his body. Oh God! So he, that was inspiring to, to to see him run along, shuffle along. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do this thing many many times, and it's 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 the national event in in South and, Africa. And, and, <clears throat> And the, the, like, it gets lots of coverage? Yeah, it's, like, li- it's live TV all day. Oh, really? Yeah, start wow. to finish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was in, laying in my hotel bed, uh, <laughs> nurse, <laughs> nursing myself uh, along and watching the finish. And I think it's something like 70 plus percent come across the line in the last hour. Oh, wow. Right. So between 11 and 12 hours, people are flooding across the line. Really? It, looks like, it looks like a starting line. Uh, of any other major marathon, wow. that many people coming uh-huh. coming through the finish line at the end—it's just unbelievable. Mm. Post race, how'd you feel? I was wrecked. <laughs> really, really wrecked. Yeah, I had a, a real lightheaded spell too after the race, where I felt like my blood pressure—you know, when if you get up real fast and you can't see—yeah. Well, I was just sitting there. <laughs> 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 and I couldn't see, <laughs> and so I knew my blood pressure was. I was like, "Lay me, lay me good." Yeah, lay down and, and Aaron picked my feet up and held my feet up uh, for a while, and then I felt really nauseous and, and and I was just a mess. And I honestly, I did not pee for about not at all during the last three hours walking, and not for about three hours afterwards or really? four hours afterwards. Wow. Yeah, in spite of all I drank. Wow. So I don't know how I got myself that in that in that sort of state. That was ridiculous. <laughs> And then days afterwards? Um, the next day, uh, Aaron went on a, a one-day safari with friends to a wetlands area, and I said, look, I'm not going. I'm not getting out of bed. Uh, and and I felt a little bit better, but not much. I was so glad not to go anywhere. And then after that, I started to feel okay. Okay. Yeah. So expectations versus reality. I mean, obviously, the run was really hard, but was it kind of what you expected? No, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't think there would be that many people on the route, mm. and um, and and it's the the hills. The hills are steeper than they look on the profile. You know, everybody can tell you who's run it. You know, yeah, the hills are steep. Mm. But when you look at a, a profile, it's like any graph. You know, if you if you if you mess with the 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 left and mm. axis, you know, mm. if you mess with the scale, yeah. you know, so when you look at it over, over 90K and you look at the, the profile, you think, oh, it's not that bad, it's just rolling hills, you know, mm. but it's more like our summit road, mm. you know, yeah. actually, yeah. For, you know, for 90K. Yeah. You know, it's like if you did two laps of the, of the summit road, our summit road to give you, yeah, yeah. you know, that would be your 90K. Sure. Two times short base, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, running it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, 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 the, the hills are steeper than it, than it looks or that anybody could convince you of if you, until you see it, because you think, well, 16,000 people do it, whatever, you know, I mean, how, how hard can it be? And then when you get there, you realize, yeah, it's bloody hard. So what do you think would be harder, the uphill or the downhill? Um, for me, probably the downhill. Yeah. Um, Just because of knees. It, it, yeah. It might, it might be faster course. Yeah. But I have a feeling like... I don't know. I don't know. Now, both 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 ways are really yeah, hard. Yeah. Really, it's really no easy option. No. Yeah. So, advice for people that might be considering it in terms of uh, preparing themselves. Well, you do have to get ready for a lot of downhill running for sure. I mean, even the uphill route mm. has over four thousand feet of descent, mm. and it is on road, um, which 
is a little different than trail. Mm. You know, probably the the impact part of it yeah, is, sure. is 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 probably um, a little different than a trail run. You, you, your average pace is a little bit quicker than a trail run just because mm-hmm. it's on the road. Um, so I'd say, yeah, unfortunately, you have to probably have to do a lot of downhill running and a lot of it on the road, which is, you know, not that great for you. No, no. You know, but not, not for that distance. N- no, it's not. But um, So I think, you know, in the last six weeks, probably especially of your, of your main training block prior to your tapering, you have to do a lot of downhill running for that thing. No. Okay. When you when you think about you know you're saying that you know goals start to shift now, so then when you think about <clears throat> your next ambitions, what what are you looking at now? Well, I I I'm I'm trying to moderate that competitive side of myself, of course, but um, but I think it, if I shift my thinking to short events for a while, yep. like even track racing or cross country, or, yep. you know five ten k below, yeah, um, and and have a part of my year where I you know, do intervals and yeah. do short hill reps and not do too many long runs um, or maybe none. Um, that if I have a part of my year like that every year, then I can still really enjoy my running and satisfy that competitive side of myself. Um, and that fits in nicely with triathlons too, yeah. you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, and more, more of the year just have cycling goals, yeah. swimming goals. Do you, you know. do you still have bucket list race? I have a couple. Um, my three, the three that have been on the list for 20 years have been Leadville 100 miler in, yep. uh, in Colorado. Um, Roth wrote challenge, challenge Roth, never done that. Wow, okay. And, and, um, and comrades. Yeah. So I've only got two left in Leadville. Leadville might be out of reach. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, hundred miles is a long way to run. It's a long way. It is. And, 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 <clears throat> and part of doing comrades was like, well, if I can run the whole thing, if I can train for it and I can run it and run the whole thing and not damage myself and not be in any worse shape than when I started this process, then I would think about Leadville. Mm-hmm. And I, now I think, oh God, I didn't come close, <laughs> you know, to running to running all of Gauntlet. Is Leadville, Leadville pretty flat? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not. But it's really, really high, and it's just you know I haven't lived in Colorado for so long. Yeah. You know, I've always I've always thought that was you know what would be one of the coolest things to be able to do. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. It's always good times to hear all about this. And uh, now we've just got to get you in shape for Epic Camp Canada. Six weeks to go. I'll be ready. <laughs> it's the bike. It's a lot easier. <laughs> very good. Thanks for your time, Scott. Yeah, You're welcome. Mate. That's going to show. The thing about Malene is it still fit that gear. I know he's had the interview in here, but we, we've we done this earlier, so I'm mm-hmm. still thinking about the gear. Still, he's, he's a bit more buff than what he he's used to be. Definitely, he's a bit of a buff boy, yeah. isn't he? he? He spent some time in his gym. He's pumped some iron. Mm. Okay, uh, sponsor. Athlinks.com. And you were talking about Facebook stalking, and that was perfect lead in, Bevan. Well yeah. done. Yep, because now you can do it with athletes as well. Well, you basically can, because I thought, all oh, right, um, Ironman France is coming up this weekend. Let's have a look at Ironman France from, from last year and, and who the first Athlinks finisher was. And the first Athlinks finisher was actually an absolute machine. His name is Henrik Kohorst. Kohorst. And he's actually only, by the look of 18, I think. or in that, Really? In the, maybe he's in the 18 to 24 age group. And I thought, oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Whoa, he's had a 232 marathon. He's only 18. He ran 248 in France last year. Pretty damn impressive. Nine, 18. 9-11. I don't know. That's that's what it looks like on Athlinks. Um, but anyway, what you can do then is then, so you go, right, he's first age group, but let's just suss him out. And you can go through here, and as Bevan's just done, 2.32 marathon. Um, it's 5K time. It's not very quick. And it's half marathon, 1.12. 2.32 is still 
trumping that. That's a pretty solid time. And then uh, he's only done one Ironman and nine eleven. So you can basically say you're going to a new new race and you want to, you know, you're not quite sure how the times sort of stack up. You might be going to Ironman France and you've done Ironman New Zealand before and you're not really sure how the times compare. You can go on here and then we might have a look at Rodney Scott, who was the second age group. He did nine twenty five, or second athletes finisher and then you can basically click on their name and then you can find out you know maybe what other Ironman races he's done and he's uh, so he did 9.25 and we look and we go and see he's done four Ironman results and as uh, best as a 9.14 and you can go right well he's done Ironman France in 9.25 yet in Kona in the same year he did 9.14 so okay so France might be a little bit slower than, than what Kona is and you can basically go through that any race you're going up to you just find the Athlinks finishes um, within there and then you can go in and you can you can athletic stalk them. Oh. There we go. And we better give the girls a little bit of love here because um I can't I'm thinking this guy's not eighteen. Because he did yeah. three or five in two thousand and eight. Right. <laughs> so, so so that means if he's eighteen now, and that was what, six years ago, that was when he was twelve. Yeah. That's a pretty good marathon when you're twelve. It is. So on the girls' side of things, Mary Beth Alice took it out last year. Got Mary Beth, you should be on Athlinks. Who was our first uh Female athletics finisher, Carrie Ruber. She did 11.30 when going there, and she's, I think, in the 40, 40 age group. She's only done two Ironman races. I'm just stalking John Newsom on, on athletics right now. Are you? Yep, because I'm going to go John Newsom. You are the number one John Newsom on. on yeah. There's quite a few John Newsoms, but. Qualified for Kona with that 11.30. She went on, she did 11.30 in Ironman France, and then went to Kona and did 11.34. Okay. If we go to yours. Yep. Now, if we look at, when you look at triathlon, Olympic triathlon, mm-hmm. you're in the top 7%, 8% really, 77 mm-hmm. we rounded up. So in the top 8% of Olympic triathletes in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what a little bit better than that, to be honest. Ironman, you're Joe? in 7th, top 7%. Right. You're actually a better half Ironman yep. athlete. Because in the half Ironman, you're in the top 4%. There you go. So, I haven't done many halves. Oh, you should and do I generally place pretty pretty high in the five Ks. <laughs> disappointing. Top fourteen percent. I have not done a fast five K that's on athletics. No. What's the fastest time? It's probably like sixteen thirty. They haven't got the fastest time. You sixteen thirteen, yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. Okay. I've done I've done under sixteen. Have you? When was that? Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Ten. Ten K. You're in the top. Seven percent. I don't think I've got a fast ten k. I've got. I've Thirty four. That's not very fast. No, I've, I've gone under. I've, gone, I've done faster than that. I've done thirty three flat. John. Yeah. Marathon. You're in the top three percent. There you go. So so marathon, half marathon, three percent. Fifteen k, top five percent. So John, give up the long stuff. <laughs> oh no, marathon's good. Give up the Ironman. Yeah. Give up the the Olympics. Either two to four hours is my range. Pretty much. That's yeah. what we've established here. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about going to Kona this year. It's all going to change. You, you know, you've raced 1,800 miles. Mm. I've raced a hell of a lot more than that if, the, if Athlinks was around in the 90s. You always had that in, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you had to get that Yeah. <laughs> so was it, I know I've got one ITU race on there from back in the day when I was a junior, but then when, when, did, when did results sort of start after You've, that? Your first one here is 2006. Right. Yep. So you're... No, no sorry. No, no, sorry. Um, I've gone down to... Wait a second, your first one, if I just go back to that one there. I've got one from 1996, but yeah. after that, I'd say it'd be in the 2000s. Um, you start coming around, well, you got the Nelson Sprint Triathlon. Oh, yes. In 2000. Yeah. You won it? Yeah. 
took it out in a time of one hour and two seconds. Yeah. But really, 2004. Yeah. Although you had a few years off too, didn't you? I did. That was in the UK years. The UK years. You did the uh, challenge Bala middle distance triathlon. Oh, that wasn't pleasant. Oh, you got third? Oh, you got third in age group, fifth overall. Yeah, no, it wasn't pleasant. Did the half Iron? Stephen Bayless won that. Oh, did you? I thought I was going to be right up there, and then I got a bit of reality check thinking, I haven't done much for three years here. <laughs> that was harsh. Really? <laughs> And, and then, then I did. Then I did the UK. That's the thing. I eh? like. I did that, that Christmas cricket triathlon last year in Queenstown. And I was so bad. And I remember about three days into it, I thought oh, I could probably win this because you know. And and like I haven't trained in four years. And then I remember the day before the race, I thought, back it up. You've done nothing in years. And I'm glad I changed my perspective. You're still, you're still good. Yeah, you, you, you can still like I got. But you're not great. You're not competitive with, no, the, with no. the, the, the good kahunas. And I got smashed in the swim. Yeah. And, and Mountain Smell's wife beat me on the bike, so <laughs> it wasn't a good day. Uh, athletics, guys, you can geek out, and that's that's what it's all about. Athletics stalking. It's a new it's a new craze. All the kids are doing it. <laughs> okay. Questions and answers. Okay, Matt Regan's got bike nutrition. I'm training. Slow down. I've, I've had feedback from the from people on the Kona camp. You've got to slow down. You you're know what stalking. you need to do? You need to listen faster. Matt Regan. Bright nutrition. I'm training for Ironman Zurich in July. I've been making recipes from Alan's Lim. Alan Lim. Alan Lim. Who's he? He's a. He's more of a cycling coach. But okay. Feed zone proportions book and bringing them into bike for nutrition. Since I'm staying in the hotel in Zurich, I probably won't be able to bake some recipes for the bike ride. Should I change my bike nutrition now to some pre-packaged either bars or gels, which I'll be able to bring to Zurich? I'm just going to refer you back to Dan Benedot, his, his, uh, the article interview we did with him. Main thing is, whatever you do, you've got to practice, 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 and practice some more. So if you're going to change it, you've got to change it now at the very latest. Yeah, for it, yeah. And whatever it's going to be, you know, if you've got, if I was going to Zurich, I'd probably go and find somewhere where you can cook up the stuff that you've been, you've been training with a lot, you know, either just booking at the bloody youth hostel or something, you don't need to stay there, but they might have some cooking facilities or something you can use. But this is just the key thing, and I get it from a coaching perspective. People just wing their nutrition. They train the house down, yeah. and they might practice once or twice, and they have, an, they have a plan for their nutrition, but they just don't practice it enough. You've got to basically get up and have what you're going to have in the race morning for, in training, and then say, say you're going out for a long ride, don't eat for the first hour because that's like the swim. So don't have a massive big breakfast before you go out on your bike ride. Have what you're going to have on race day. Don't eat for the first hour. And then do your race nutrition for the rest of the bike ride. And if you're going to do gels and bars, and, and it's an expensive way to do it, you've still got to practice it quite a few times, especially in those, mu- those sort of two months leading into the race. Otherwise, it's just going to be too much of a shock to the system. Your body's not adapted to it, and you're going to have issues, and that's one of the main reasons why we see so many people having issues is, A, they're going too hard, but B, they haven't practiced what they're, what they're going to do on race day, and then it's just shocked the system. And uh, It's funny, that, uh, that Dan interview, like he was talking about eating for exercise, so I've now, I think I was telling you this, I've been splitting my breakfast. Mm-hmm. So previously you used to have uh, kind of two bits of toast with peanut butter mm. and then I have a protein God, I love peanut butter oh same <laughs> same love peanut it's God's food isn't it it's awesome yeah it's such a simple chunky thing. or smooth chunky yeah yeah you could have the peanuts kind of crunching in your mouth mm. and then I have a protein shake with banana and um, and because I used to do it after the gym mm-hmm. whereas now what I'm doing is I'm doing a protein shake with banana before I go to the gym and then my my peanut butter you are, looking, you are looking lean <laughs> exactly yeah but no but the thing is it doesn't bother my exercise. 
Mm. Like, it, you know, and, and I, I teach hard, intense classes in the morning. Like, it's pretty mm. full on the workouts we're doing. And, uh, yeah, it's n- not a problem at all. I think a lot of people, myself included, not weren't viewing it as affecting their exercise. It's more a case of if I train without food, I'm going to be, you know, burning a bit more fat and stuff like that. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the way most people looked at it. And that's it's still really confusing. You know, Noakes tells us one thing, Dan tells us another thing. It's, who know, Who's right? It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Aaron Olsen sent through an email. Um, I heard you talk about the run-walk method in, for running the faster marathon. I'd like to improve my 255 and would like to improve it using the run-walk method. Can you point me towards any resources or pacing charts to learn how to pace the run-walk properly? So guys, if you ever want to get anything from past stuff that we've done, um, you can go onto, our, onto imtalk.me and there's a little search button in there. And if you type in, say, an interviewee, then it's going to direct you straight to that that show alternatively you can scan through everything on on um, itunes but bobby mcgee was the first interview we did around the run walk so just go on to imtalk.me yep. type in bobby mcgee or just mcgee and then you, that'll come up with whatever show that was i don't know what it was but just because uh, I've, I've been over this so many times i'm not going to spend too long on it but my basic method that i use from a coaching perspective is, is nine one so that's nine minutes r- run one minute walk and training and then in terms of racing and the reason for that is um, gives your legs a little micro recovery reduces the risk of injury and, and means you can usually last a bit longer and for an Ironman I walk every second aid station and that's the way I do it when I race um, for, for some athletes that I coach I get them to walk each aid station so that's roughly every two and a half k's it just depends on sort of speeds usually as to how much walking you do and when I do it in a marathon um, the only time that I've raced a marathon and done it was a 3k run 45 second walk key things is when I doing the walk is I try to disengage my calves so giving my calves a break so you kind of um, fast walking on your heels a little bit more you're walking quickly and as with nutrition you gotta practice it quite a bit but when I do it in races I'm speed walking I'm not sort of ambling through and And one thing you said with your marathon is there was a moment where you decided in retrospect you probably just should have ran Mm. to the end once your legs are totally cooked and uh, then for me the walking didn't didn't do a lot for me so but the key times is in both Ironman and in the fresh marathons is to do it early on not to do it as a recovery method later on you've got to do it early on and that means you'll be stronger later on Okay, Gary Hobbs has sent through one. In preparation for Ironman Wales in September, third hardest according to Thorsten, I'm going to be doing the Long Course Weekend, longcourseweekend.com in July, which is a three-day event running over the course. You swim the Friday night, bike the Saturday, run the Sunday. Great idea, the guys who organise that. That is a cool idea, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, so if I were to race the weekend, how would the approach would the approach to this event differ to an Ironman? Should I be pacing, uh, should the pacing be harder? How should I recover between each of the three events? How much quicker over the three individual segments do you think you would uh, be against the IM time? Alternatively, if this is treated as a training and familiarization weekend of, of the course, how best to approach it to maximize the benefit? Um, this is my third time in Ironman Wales and last year didn't go to plan. Got kicked in the stomach by a breaststroker who took some seawater and threw up in the swim. Carried on throwing up on during the bike, made it to T2 and then battled the run, still unable to take on nutrition. Made it to the end in just over 15 hours on a couple of crackers and a few sips of water. Not a good day, so hoping this year goes better and looking forward to training smart and training hard. So this is a, a good bit, idea, eh? Yeah, it's a great idea, and it's um, it's pretty standard sort of 
coaching method. I, I know that Gordo and those guys, you call it, I think they call it the big, big, big weekend training yeah. or whatever it is. So it's, it's perfect um, and something I'd encourage a lot of people to do. So swim, um, you know, you're going to do that on Friday. I'd suggest you, you go out there and you basically swim a touch quicker than what you do at Ironman and do the same sort of warm-up. So don't go out there and do, you know, a thousand metres warm-up and then get into it. Do whatever warm-up you're going to do on race day and that's likely to be next to nothing and then go boom, 3.8k 3 at, a, at a solid sort of Ironman pace, if anything, just a little bit quicker. If you had time to do this outside of this weekend, I'd actually encourage people to do a, a short bike ride after that, just so you get that swim-to-bike transition effect going on, because that's something we don't do a lot of. Uh, then on Saturday, you talked about having the bike ride in there, and as I said earlier, um, have your have your race breakfast, and then probably don't eat anything for that first hour of the bike ride. If you could do a swim beforehand, that would be great. The more opportunities you can do that swim-bike transition, the better. So if you could do it as a swim-bike, that would be great. And when you're out on the bike course, I'd probably be suggesting you, you sort of get into a cycle of... Uh, going sort of 15 to 20 minutes relatively easy and then 40 to 45 minutes um, at or just a touch above Ironman pace so you get to, especially on that Wales course, you get to ride the hills at, at Ironman effort and just keep repeating that all the way through. So that would turn out to be a not a crazy hard bike ride but a but a, you know, a reasonable sort of effort all the way through and the other thing I'd suggest you add in there is to do a little bit of a run off the bike and with that course there I know they have a little run through town so you could do the little circuit through there that looks a little tricky and technical so effectively ideally you do a swim bike run day with obviously the focus being on the bike so main points there would be practicing nutrition and you're doing around about two-thirds to three-quarters of the the bike ride at Ironman effort making sure you practice the hills going up there and not sort of smoking the effort on the hills and just at the end of the day you should be pretty tired and then on the Sunday you know it's, it sounds like you're going to do, to do a long run or run the course what I'd suggest you do before that, you know, you're probably you're going to be feeling a bit creaky when you get up that morning and a bit tired. I'd actually suggest you go out for a, for a bike ride first for one to two hours and actually make that a reasonably intense bike ride. What that's going to do is tire you out a little bit more, but it'll also help wake you up um, and then get on the run and basically run just a touch quicker than Ironman pace. And for most people, that's actually still pretty slow and, and it feels relatively easy. But once you've done it after a 180k bike ride, it's a bit quicker. Um, so yeah. I'd suggest you try to do a bike ride before, get off the bike and then basically run and again practice your, your race nutrition and, um, and that'll make for a, for a pretty big weekend. In terms of, um, I wouldn't really go comparing times, you know, how long it takes you to do the bike course versus what it might be in the, in the race because conditions are going to play yeah. so, so big. It'll give you a ballpark idea but, you know, if I was to go and ride the Ironman New Zealand course, um, I'm going to be significantly slower than training that or what, what I wouldn't race. Equally, when we rode the Kona course and we did it in a similar fashion to this, we sort of uh, rode the first 30Ks easy and then we had the section down from Harvey easy, so we probably had about 60K of the 180 easy. Um, I rode, you know, five... 27 or something like that and in those conditions if I was to, to ride it at Ironman effort I probably would have been half an hour quicker so it's quite a quite a big difference but it'll give you a, a ballpark idea and the other questions in terms of recovery and you, yeah, you want to be really good with nutrition if you fuel yourself like you would an Ironman you'll actually probably not get quite so beaten up from that and then obviously good nutrition straight after the session and legs up the wall, compression tights all that sort of stuff after your Saturday session and that's going to be the best you can do for Sunday Good times, hopefully that helps Okay we've got an email from the Mountain Snail Now the Mountain Snail is a hawk 
He should have a new nickname, The right. Hawk Snail. Mm-hmm. Because he seen through this photo, he was watching, was it Iron Man? Iron Man Australia by the look of it. One of them. And he saw this person wearing an I Am Talk tri-suit. Nice. And I don't know who it is. We don't know who it is. He's paused it. Yeah. Took a photo of it, sent it through to us. Outstanding. It's sensational. I'm going to put it on the, I'll put that in the video on the website this week because if you go on the website and you did I'm Australian wearing an I Am Talk tri-suit, we want to know who you are. Nice work. So identify yourself. Mm. It's like Crime Watch. <laughs> John, we've got another email through this week. Let me put it up. About Nelson? Yeah, about Nelson. I put Nelson right up there as a good place to train. So yeah. I didn't say, I haven't got a hey, bad word to hey. say about Nelson. Just keep, keep, what'd you say, John? What'd you say about Nelson? It's a pretty good place to train. You did, didn't you? Hmm. Yep. You said Nelson's good Someone tra- else saying it's a crap place to train, what, are they? What was the problem with Nelson, but? Uh, there's not a massive group of athletes. Mm. I know there's a lot of multi sport hey, athletes up John, there. Good old Carol Cooper gave me an email. Fine. Hi, Carol. How you doing? <laughs> John Newsom, take that comment back. Nelson has one of the largest triathlon clubs in the country. I think last summer we had over 400 members. Okay. How many has the Canterbury Club got? 755. <laughs> there is a swim squad training nearly every morning at two pools, and on a Saturday in town we have a whole pool for 90 minutes with over 40 members turning up every session. Good on you. That's pretty good. Our, our summer sea swim, which runs every Thursday from November through to March, has over 170 swimmers. Good on you. There are two distances for that. Our winter triathlon series is finished with over 150 people competing in each race. How many people did we have last weekend? 150. Well, Nelson Tri Club has the same. That's right. A lot of triathletes train in the Tasman Wheelers Cycling Club and Harris Cups throughout the winter. Next summer, you'll be... Uh, where you're saying a criteria, get amongst it. Come and join us at the Sea Swimmer. Be prepared to get your ass whipped by some of our best Sea Swimmers and triathletes in the country. Turn it up. All the other accounts, uh, Nelson is one of the best places to training grounds in the As country. As I said, it was. Yes, even the weather has been a bit wet lately. I don't think you could survive. I could survive a winter in Christchurch. Well, we're I agree with hard. that. Yeah. Although she did 21 years in Timaru. Mm. So, and she did say the ride that I like is called Haycock's Bush. Mm-hmm. She had actually ridden it that day. Very nice. So she took a video of it and I couldn't find it. So, so Nelson, guys, best trike up in the country. <laughs> I've raced there for regularly. Absolutely fine. It's just not a big city. I think that was my point. Uh, <laughs> it's not a big city. <laughs> not a big city. <laughs> it's fine. We just put it out there. We put Nelson, Wanaka, and Christchurch. <laughs> and Christchurch got the nod just because it's a wicked place. Uh, and we had a nice earthquake in the night that woke us both up. Did, I forgot all about it. I, John goes, did you, did you earthquake? I remember almost having a heart attack. Doing yeah. the jump thing, you know? Yeah. I'd forgotten about it. So, anyway, sponsor, John. Extreme Endurance. Yes. Right, Bevan. You're going to play the you're gonna play the air, don't you? Yeah. Okay, you play the air. Give me a second. I'm going to give you a second. I've One. been popping my uh, immune boost. Have you? Really fine, you, it does work. You pop it? I thought it was a drink. Oh, I, I, it's, a, it's a pill. Oh. So I've been popping the pill. I'm oh. a pill popper. You're a bit of a pill popper? Yeah. Okay. Has that air coming along? Yeah, it's coming. I'm just gotta find is, where it is. You found it? I think it's this one here. Okay. Can you hear that buzz? Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah. I'm running out of power. I have to do it, so guys. Sorry. Knowing the burn could strike. The it burn. When, sure enough, a bear girl jumps on your back. You know that fearsome furball that's every athlete's mortal enemy. Don't want that beer. Lactic Don't want that beer. When you hit the wall, it can feel like Teddy here mauled you into the ground. Want to kick that lactic bear right in the acid? Oh yeah. Well, 
Oh, now yeah. you can. Oh, yeah. Introducing Extreme Endurance. With all this natural, certified, drug-free, ace-in-the-hole solution, you'll be able to reduce lactic acid buildup by up to 15%. And say hello to less muscle soreness. Hello. Yep. Hello. Less muscle soreness. And without anything to hold you back, you'll find yourself recovering faster, performing better, and feeling stronger than ever. <laughs> this one industry-leading product will give you the edge you've been looking for. Sounds too good to be true, right? Honestly, athletes who have tried extreme endurance are simply blowing by the competition. So, why haven't you heard of this sooner? Simple. Athletes don't want to share their competitive edge. Why help out the competition? But hey, the secret's out. And if you really want to kick that bear in the acid, try it for yourself. Order at xendurance.com. Promo code BEAR for free shipping. Use the promo code IMTALK5 and you're five bucks off. But guys, if you want to have less muscle soreness and enhance your performance, it's proven. Take it, xendurance.com. If you want to just give it a crack, to get, give yourself, it a crack. To give you, get yourself a month's supply, and that's more than enough to actually uh, find out if it works for you, especially if you guys in, in New Zealand and Australia may be doing some winter running races. They're usually the ones that bang your legs around the most. Uh, it's 40, 44.90 to get yourself a one-month um, worth of that, and if you if you use it, say, around a half marathon or a 10K race you might be building up for or a particular triathlon, um, test it for yourself. It's not an expensive way to, to find out if it works and um, give it a crack. If you're in New Zealand, Australia, you can order through me, through coachjohnnewsome.com. Um, everybody else in the world, go to xendurance.com and use the promo code IAMTALK5 and get five bucks off your shipping. Check, check, check it out. Check it out. What's it, what's it, what's it all about, John Newsom? Yes. You've been watching the football? No. You've been, you've been following it. I f- follow just the results and I see the highlights on the news. That's about as good as it gets for me. I have to say. Who did you pick? Uh, I think you picked Spain, didn't you? No, did I? I probably yeah. did. I, 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 I can't remember the time about football because I know nothing. But, right. but I have to say, I do admire the competition of this event. It is pretty impressive. Just, yeah. just It just blows my mind how many teams, you know, like just how many great teams there are at football. It is, but it's not the thing that bugs me. It's not always the best team that wins. You know, you can be playing this awesome game, and you just couple of moments, and bang, you're out of there. Yeah, there's a luck factor to it, isn't it? The poor yeah. Poms. And did you watch rugby? I did watch the first oh, half of the rugby. The first yes. half. Of the That's all I needed to watch was the first half of the rugby. Oh, we were out for dinner, mm. and it, it wasn't a clear screen. There was one in the background. So mm. I'm having a conversation with you, but actually looking over yeah. here, you know. Nice. And uh, we poor Poms. Hopefully Andy Murray does all right at the tennis. Yeah. Just someone does all right. You know? Pretty poor poms. Anyway, Jumbo, sponsors. Coffeesofwai.com. Um, recurring delivery. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. Athlinks.com. Athlinks stalk. And trainer road. Do the team. Okay, Jumbo. Friday, it's all happening, people. Do it. Yes, yes. We'll make a video of it, eh? Mm-hmm. We'll do a hurt video. Okay. Uh, you do your nicknames because I haven't done any. Okay. I will next week, I promise. Michael Rowe. Rowe, like rowing your boat. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Sculler. Oh, nice. You you could take that at the angle. No, I like it. You like sculling your uh, Your your alcoholic beverages. Yeah, that's good. Matthew W. Jackman. Had to go down the um, X-Men angle there. Wolverine. Yes, nice. Michael Thomas, the man of many faces. Why's that? Because went on to Athlinks, typed in Michael Thomas, and there's lots of Michael Thomases. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't know which one donated. So. That's good. I yeah. like it. Connie, the roar. <sighs> Gluick. And what? Why the roar? Just because she's an animal. Oh, she's gonna <laughs> eat people up. That's right. Darren, octopus eaten. Nice. There's a picture on Athlinks. He's trying to give like heaps of people high fives. And I thought if he had eight arms. He could do it. He could do it. Nice. This, I like this one. Uh, Rob, lab man, Mika. Why lab man? Do you remember Beaker off the Muppets? He looks like Beaker. No, oh, but his, his surname's Mika. Me, 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 me. Yeah. He's, oh, that didn't he? Be, yeah, he's Beaker. Yeah. And he always used to get exploded by yeah. the professor. I love the Muppets. It was funny. So he was like the assistant. So I thought lab man. Did you watch the Muppet movie? I don't know if I have. I should get that. Oh, yeah, you should because it, it's awesome. Mm. And, and the, 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 I haven't is watched it the latest one. Is it? Yeah, it's not that recent, is it? Is it the, well, they've, they've brought out one this year, but right. there's one that came about two years ago. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. And for people for people of our generation, because mm. they they play on the nostalgia of it. Mm. So and you just seriously, Joe and I watched it, and you just just happy the whole time. It's mm. such a good film. Because that's we'll find oh it. yeah, the rainbow connection for lovers, for dreamers, and me. La. I actually read his book, Jim Henson's book. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. a really interesting character, eh? Yeah. Really interesting man. Very good book to read. Very good. Uh, Charles, the shadow man. What is that? Just because he shadows you and then he takes you when you... When What's you his last name? Him. Man. Meehan. Meehan. I thought you said shadow man. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Thomas, the wolf fox. <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs> the wolf fox. <laughs> or the wolf, Thomas Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the you could said Samantha Thomas Samantha yeah. Fox the gargantuum Gail Greenslade I want to just get three G's in a row the gargantuum okay huge I'm massive sure, I'm not sure force many girls would like that name but that's okay uh, then we had a couple of other ones that are, that are regular Recurring. contributors we've got David the Deconstructor Levy James Age of Danger or, oh, that's a good or name. Hot Lips Picker uh, Stuart the Compass Moore and Oliver I think we called him Mr Sausage Jenner <laughs> that's right oh hey Oliver I remember yeah. him from Epa Kemp yep. I mean bloody Kemp Kikar yep he was a good man wasn't he yes he was a nice guy um, Jombo mm-hmm. what you got so we had the first round of the JD Duathlon new venue at the weekend did you do your handicap race or was this no this was just a straight up race and we had I added in my kids event this year so we had five to eight year olds doing that for both my kids yep. and they loved it and uh Felicity was, was last Thomas was second to last but that's okay <laughs> you haven't given them any genetics they, they got screwed on the ageing because Thomas has just turned seven like the week before you're the race director I know <laughs> so you should have gone under seven yeah age age taken from first yeah. of June but so he was like the youngest out of his group so he got a bit stiffed um, he wasn't last but he was he was Back there, but he, he had a good time, and Felicity was is only just turned five, so she was the youngest competitor overall. So I think she was last. And who did they enjoy it? Well, Felicity Felicity's not quite so into the stuff, but she's 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 okay. And but then the second the last run, they got to run down the main finishing shoot like the adults, yep. and there was there was some adults finishing around then as well. And so I was running along with her to make sure she's okay. And uh, once she gets into the finishing shoot, I sort of pull off. But as she was approaching the finishing shoot, this massive smile came on her face. She just starts smoking it and rolling, running all the way down the finishing shoot. Biggest smile ever. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. And um, and they yeah, had a good time. The kids the kids race was awesome. Oh, that's good. So it was good times. Nice. Who morning. took it out? Who took not the kids race? The 
I actually missed who took it out, but it was pretty impressive. He absolutely spanked them on the first um, bike ride. So I normally run these events on on a, on a car racetrack, yeah. and availability is quite hard now. And so we're back on the road, and people love being back on the road. Oh, do they? And it was on old, old tight hat road. I thought people liked the, the car race. They, they do, but I think they it's a bit sterile out there, and it's fast, and it's and it's cool, and there's no cars or anything. But I think today they liked they liked a nice change. Mm. How did it go with the rugby pack? The the rugby guys it was good. Yeah, no, there's no carnage. It was great. Did they there, was couple, there was a couple of. Gla- I haven't actually checked if they won. Uh, mm. So there's a couple of broken glasses here or there, but overall, awesome record numbers. Great, good times. We got 150. We take down Nelson Triclub. Well, no, you, no, you didn't. You evened. Evened. It was. It was. It was, it was a draw, mm. like the soccer. Mm. But there haven't been that many draws in the soccer. Haven't been that many. No. Mm. US of E nearly took down Portugal last yeah. 30 seconds. I know, but it would oh, wouldn't it? Would. Right, Bevan. What's yeah, happening? What, what, what are you doing this week? Uh, just settling back into a standard week this week. Nothing, uh, nothing too exciting, I don't think. Do you know what I did no. on the weekend, Jumbo? Went to Winnie Bagos. Winnie Bagos is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always, always busy. Deli- oh, always delivers. Mm-hmm. So good pizza. Good pizza joint in Christchurch. It's re- it's, it's probably the pizza joint in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. Really, isn't it? Quite cool kiwi sort of pizza kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and just good quality pizza. So I had the pizza, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been eating really well lately. So I thought I'd have a dessert. Yeah. When dessert. Now, desserts do my head in. Do desserts do your head in? No, I love desserts. No, no, I love desserts. Don't mm. get me wrong. But desserts are like soup because I love – do you like soup? Yeah. I love myself some soup, but mm. I never buy it at a restaurant. Why, mm. John? It's expensive. Oh, $15 for some bloody water and some veggies. Madness. Madness. does my head in. So I never buy soup. I, I, I wish I would. When we were in the Yarra Valley, we did, I did a wine tour. I did yeah. A, yeah. So when we, we, heard, we, we, what, we did a tour and you got lunch off as a part of it and had some soup on that and it was – Beautiful. And I thought, oh, I wish I could buy soup more often, but I don't because I'm tight. But anywho, desserts is kind of the same because you go to a restaurant. You nowadays you paying fifteen stop, bucks stop for a dessert. Looking, stop looking at the numbers. Just, just do it. No, but the get prob- yourself an entertainment book. Well, no, but the problem is, Newsom, is that you buy the fifteen dollar dessert. What do you get? Two scoops of ice cream. You don't go ice cream when you do dessert. That's a foolish move. I know, but you don't get much for your money, do you? No, you don't. You don't. That's why you go get something you can't have at home. Winnie Bago's but Jombo mm-hmm. $14 for my dessert mm-hmm. and I thought 14 bucks is a lot but I thought you know what gonna, I mm-hmm. wanted to have dessert so I want to get dessert so I got the banana caramel ice cream thing whatever mm-hmm. it was going to be turns out it was kind of like a, a pizza right so ginormous good <laughs> six scoops of ice cream mm-hmm. chocolate everywhere nice banana and caramel beautiful base I couldn't eat it all four people had to help me finish it softy no, it wasn't soft. Yeah, it yeah. was over-delivered. Well done. Uh, Winnie Bago's team, check it out. There you go. Had a voucher as well, so it only cost us 20 bucks for the <laughs> night. They called me a tight ass. Hey, I'm, I'm not denying it. I'm mm. not denying it at all. So, right, Bevan, let's wrap it up. You told me that uh, – oh, have you got any other stories? Sorry. No, no, I was, I was going to tell you the best story ever, but they can wait now. No, you told me, oh, we're going to start at six. We're going to be finished early. Well, we still got We've got to do Legends. Minutes. So we're going to Legends podcast. It'll come out some stage this week. It's going to be Ken Bags. A lot of you will not have a clue who he is. No, I didn't. So he, for you Americans, he's your Graham Fraser equivalent in Australia. Um, Who's Graham in some Fraser? Ways. We've had him on the Legends show. Did you not listen to that Which one? Which one was Graham Fraser? So he, he basically helped evolve Iron Man in America and was oh, a no, director yep. for those ones. Um, Ken Bags, uh, did, it wasn't the same ownership model, and we'll find out more about later. He was basically the race director. I don't think he made... We'll find out. <clears throat> he was he wasn't making money out of it, but he was the race director and helped expand Ironman Australia. He's been involved for I think around about thirty years. Uh, I don't know a huge amount about him myself, which is part of the reason for the interview. And uh, we're going to find out, you know, the evolution of 
Ironman in Australia, and he's um, he's apparently he's a good talker, so we're going to have to keep him under control. Oh, really? But it should be good times. Okay, good times. Okay, so I'll probably get that out to Friday. Okay, and with that, remember, there'll be a Blue 70 auction for a tri-suit, so help support the show, get yourself a tri-suit, and uh, check it out. It'll be on legendsoftriathlon.com later this week. Okay, there you go. Okay, guys, that's this week's show. Um, Next week, we have to look forward to Bevan's Coaching's Corner. Oh, i tell you what, lock out an hour. Mm. That's how deep I'm going with this, I tell you. This is going to be a long show today. It is. Iron Rush. Well, they probably know that now. Yeah. Because yeah. they're at the end of it. So. <laughs> I'm um, Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.